So for you guys at home who may not be familiar, Logan, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hey, I'm Logan Laidlaw. I am a content creator online. I'm a DM of a show called Nat19. I'm also a uh, lesser known but professional VA. I work with uh, with Heck and Jack on the uh, Find Us Alive. Uh, what else do I do? And I run a YouTube channel called Project Mouthwash. Oh, I didn't know I, about that. <laughs> about which thing? About Project YouTube. Mouthwash. Is that? Oh a, yeah, no, I, I run a two hundred thousand subscriber strong YouTube channel. Oh. I just didn't know it was called. I guess I knew that. I didn't know it was called Project Mouthwash. I just like that name. Yeah. It strikes me very well. Yeah, it's evocative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, it. what is Find Us Alive, and who makes it? Because I just don't know. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. The I joke mean, I, is that I do know. I guess I'll just front it. I mean, look, I'm Find Us Alive is a is a narrative SCP based podcast uh, in which Logan and myself are both voice actors and co-stars and in which I write music and in which my wonderful partner Anna writes the whole writes and produces the whole freaking show um yeah. and that's on podcast platforms I never plug it here because I don't I don't know I guess hey, I really don't. A good time. maybe oh. I should maybe I would just be a courtesy well, I didn't bring it up because I would have figured you that. did this is this time <laughs> so there it is yeah I'm also on that and my family and friends are, are involved. Um, but, so so this is No Nerds Allowed. I, if you're new, I'm Jackson, also. I'm Adeline. I'm Keisha. And we, we've been sort of shaking up our, our, our formula a little bit lately. So, we're... We need to f- okay. Let's just hash this out right okay? now. I'm just thinking because <laughs> right right. yeah, we used to <laughs> we used to do a hard intro where we were like beginning of the show. I'm Jackson. I'm Adeline. I'm Keisha. But then we switched it up so we just do a cold intro, and then later we do that. And then at a certain point in the streams, we stopped like having a distinct moment where we started recording during the stream. So this is becoming more and more formless the longer we do this podcast. It's slowly becoming an amoeba, honestly. Which is probably not good. We got to sit down, do the hard work now and figure out Get exactly or character creator <laughs> and figure out when we introduce ourselves on this freaking show. I agree. Well, I think doing the Hey, I'm Jackson Murray. This is No Nerds Allowed. We talk about movies and also literally anything else. And then I go, I'm Adeline, and Keisha goes, she's Keisha. I think that works. Because then if you're new, you're like, oh. Now I know I what know it what, is. Now I know what's happening. There and actually are, are nerds allowed. And who my new three friends are. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it more later. I don't, I don't really want to do the hard work <laughs> on the show. I was saying that for a bit. but uh, So today we're talking about... The Legend of... Star I'm Wars. reading Sora. The Legend of Stars, The Force Sweetie. Awakens. Hollow. Um, the Force wakes up. <laughs> the Force gets on up. Um, <laughs> and we've been, we've been doing this Star Wars for a while. Uh, this thing that we call Star Wars. <laughs> this thing, what we talk about <laughs> when we talk about Star Wars. Um, and... We're finally getting... I mean, we have done Solo and Rogue One, but those movies feel pretty innocuous. Like, in terms of, like, cultural 
eggshells. <laughs> like, those ones are fine. You can talk about those ones. This, the Disney sequel trilogy are tricky. It's a hot topic. It's a hot topic, yeah. and it can be a little touchy sometimes. So, you know, just I'm just going to say that up front. Like, we're not going to hold back <laughs> our feelings. We're going to be true to you and honest with you, the listeners. But... And- the Last Jedi is really good, and Rise of Skywalker sucks. So if and you disagree with me, you don't have to listen to the podcast. I just feel the need. This feels like one of those things where you're a small podcast, and you start talking about the Star Wars sequels, and all of a sudden you become a target of a alt-right harassment smear campaign or something. Oh Not goodness. that I think that's likely to happen, but I think it's possible. So I'm just going to say right up front, if you're like an alt-right a monster who's coming in trying to smear our whole shit. Just don't. Uh, I'm politely Sorry asking that we you not you a to. Monster also, uh, I guess. If, if you are a monster of any other political alignment, please also avoid smearing our content. Yeah, yeah let's like yeah. not let's like not like, get canceled. How about <laughs> cancel culture? I've heard a lot general, about cancel culture these days, and without learning anything <laughs> about it, I'm very afraid of it. Um. So I, I guess I've just, you know. just heard it and people like the tone of voice people use when they talk about it is frightening. Um, it's like, oh, maybe this is bad. Yeah, people this... are very charged about Star Wars. <laughs> um, I mean, I think this now is as good a time as any is just a reminder that like this podcast is about being super respectful of what other people like true. and also what they dislike. So I don't know, just be nice. Like, pretend you're talking to your grandma online or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're your grandma now. And also, we all we all are lovers of Star Wars. Like, True. we're all coming from a place of love. We're not here to bash on Han Solo. <laughs> I do think that's something that's, like, kind of gone out of criticism, especially of film, is, like, the understanding that, like, criticism does not mean that I don't like something. Like, we are very much always of the opinion here that, like, if I love something, I am much more likely to criticize it first than I am to compliment it, just because that's because we all love film and that's just how we think about film. Like, oh, what are they doing? How could they do it, done it better? Like, what what are we doing? And like, I don't know. I feel like, especially when you talk to people who like are, are like, I don't know. Just like, I feel like that's kind of lost. Like, if you say that yeah, there's like, something wrong with the movie, that's like, oh, you didn't like it. It's like, no, I loved it. I just think it's got some problems, and that's well, fine. Yeah. The movie doesn't have to be perfect. That's where I come from. Like, with do the you last think Jedi. that it has a lot of problems, but I really like it? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi would have cut off Anakin Skywalker's arms and legs if he hadn't loved him? It's true. That's a good way to exactly. think of it, Keisha. You were my brother. <laughs> you were supposed to be the chosen. There was, I mean, I don't know if I should necessarily bring this up. I don't think that guy's ever listening ever again. But somebody listened to our soul podcast and left some some thoughts on YouTube that, and I'll admit, I think I was a little harder on soul than I really should have been because I do really like that movie and I feel like I spent a lot of time being the bad guy on that episode. You were, yeah, you were devil's advocate. Which was fair. I do really like that movie, but I spent a lot of time being like, I don't like the way the animation looks, which is true. But anyway, this guy was like, oh, this kid just doesn't understand. He's like a fucking nine-year-old. I believe the phrase he used was, he's like a nine-year-old who's watching Citizen Kane and just doesn't understand it yet. About a movie that premiered on Disney+. Plus. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, I, just I get don't... defending your own thing, and I also understand the position of trying to, out of hand, dismiss somebody by saying they missed the point. But right, comparing Soul to Citizen Kane, <laughs> it's like, is... come on, dude. Like, well, it's because just... we talked yeah, about it in the color. podcast. We said that kids probably wouldn't like Soul because it's just so much about like existentialism that like there's not a lot of like goofy things for kids to enjoy. So we made the joke. It's like a nine year old watching Citizen Kane. So I think that guy was trying to be really, really smart, oh. but like, oh, saying the thing that you said. I right forgot back about at that, you, idiot. But yeah, yeah, I also said I made it in that podcast. I said that Chadwick Boseman was clearly not playing the trumpet in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which he wasn't. Clearly, it doesn't look like he's <laughs> playing the trumpet at all. And this guy was like, "Oh man, this guy better be pretty fucking good at the trumpet if he's just gonna rag uh, on Chadwick Boseman that like fallacy. that." And I was like, what the f- His fingers don't match up to the music, dude. <laughs> How dare you like, play the of the dead that he'd pretend to play the trumpet in a film. <laughs> yeah, it's like not a criticism of Chadwick Boseman. It's just a part of the How movie that Chadwick didn't turn Boseman out. How did Chadwick Boseman not know how to play the trumpet? Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got a little steamed at that. Um, but it's okay. We can move anyway. on. And hey, if you're here, dude, who left those comments, we're happy to have you. It's fine. Yeah, welcome yeah. back. We can, we can move forward. Move We've aired our grievances. We're good. We're good. We're doing a lot of weird sort of diplomacy on this episode so far. I don't quite like this energy that we've created. <laughs> I'm just been stepping back, being like, "All right, so we have some apologizing to do." I guess so. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, we can cut this all out if we want. Maybe it's true. Um, (laughs) And that's why you got to show up for the live stream. So, so here's where here's where I'll start with Force Awakens. A lot of time, I like to tell sort of the story of a movie if I think it's interesting. Mm. Um, By which I mean, like, of how it came to be. But this movie is really pretty straightforward. In the sense that, like, George Lucas has not been really doing much for a while. And Disney was like, hey, can we have Star Wars if you're not going to do anything with it? And he was like, um, yeah, sure, I'm not really going to do anything with it. You can have Star Wars if you want. And they were like, sick. So they made a Star Wars movie. And Mm. the most interesting thing I can find is the list of directors that they approached who, who turned it down for one reason or another. And some of these are really good choices, and some of these are very bad choices, and I'd love for us to, to, to weigh in. First guy they talked to, Brad Bird, which I think is the correct choice. If I yeah, were making Star Wars, I'd be like, Brad Bird, number one. Jackson's really on the Brad Bird train. Yeah, I just think it'd be fucking good. Have you seen Ghost Protocol? That's fair. That's really fair. Rips. Rips good Lee <laughs> it just rips it just right? rips rips Way whatever up. you want it to um, but uh, so that would be the correct choice he said he turned it down because he doesn't have as much experience with live action movies and he was a little intimidated by it uh, next That's person fair. they I mean, go it's to it's a lot of pressure making a Star Wars movie I true. get that next person they go to I'm gonna be right back my dog's freaking the fuck out and I'm gonna go see why be okay. right back <laughs> Yeah, and Crimson is bringing up something in the chat, which is also true, that George Lucas was like, if you're going to make more Star Wars movies, here are my ideas. And Disney was like, that's sick, but you don't work here anymore. Uh, (laughs) Yo, that's cool. We'll think about it. They were like, "Uh, but didn't you come up with the prequels too? (laughs) Just hands him a binder, gets an email from George Lucas. Hey, you look over my binder. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, Yeah, I just haven't. I was like, every time I sit down for it, I just, I just, just, things come up. I don't, it's... (laughs) 
I mean, like, we oh, already I got this other thing going, and you know. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> do you need it back? You're like, uh, we, can, yeah. we already p- we totally promised fair. JJ he could do what he wanted. Being totally fair. Maybe in, for the next one. Being totally fair in regards to Disney, like taking it out of George Lucas's hands, he was effectively just a guiding hand for pretty much everything past the first movie. Like he was very involved, but I think people overstate Lucas's general involvement with Star Wars. Yeah. For the most part. Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've gone deeply into it. That is sort of the problem with the prequels, is basically just that George Lucas hates directing, and he mm-hmm. wisely let other people direct the second two Star Wars movies, and then when the prequels rolled around, fucking Steven Spielberg, basically what the original plan was for the prequels is that he was going to direct the first one, and then he was going to get Ron Howard and Steven Spielberg to direct the second two. Um, and Steven Spielberg... This isn't the official story, but it's the vibe I get reading these interviews where it's like the Phantom Menace came out and Steven Spielberg was like, uh, George, maybe you should direct all of them. Maybe it would be fun if you were the only one directing them. Like, it really seems like Phantom Menace came out and Steven Spielberg was like, like, I just think it's your vision. Yeah. You need to see it to the end. Yeah, but anyway, the he point was like, is, Mido, what he went? <laughs> We're not. I'm not directing no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they, the they seven year old is in love with someone who's how old? <laughs> you could finish that one. You could finish that story. Um, but yeah, so George Lucas pitches ideas to Disney, and they were like, uh, "Cool, no thanks, though." Um, so they talked to Brad Bird. Brad Bird says no. Here's the wildest one. Next person they talk to, David Fincher. Director of Fight Club and Seven and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl. Maybe the worst possible option. Maybe, like, the worst option to go to for Star Wars. Star Wars just wasn't fun. (laughs) They're like, you know that fun space cowboy movie series? Um, What if it was really scary and dark? I think that's the direction Star Wars needs to go. I can only imagine David Fincher's reaction to being asked to do Star Wars would just be something along the lines of, like, do you know who I am? Did you just pick my name (laughs) off a list? Like, no. Do you know who I am? (laughs) Like, not like I think he's above it. Like, I think he wouldn't want to do that because he'd be a super fucking bad fit for it. Um, (laughs) Do you want to direct the next Care Bears movie? (laughs) Oh, no. No, I don't want to. Uh, (laughs) That would be bad. Next pick, Jon Favreau, which I think is also a really good pick, especially in 2015. Like, and I think that had a conflict with Jungle Book is why they never actually ended up doing that. But like, Mm. I think Jon Favreau would probably be a slightly like safer kind of guy with it. But uh, I think it still would have been good. I mean, but he has he like has proved that he understands the star wars oh for sure yeah he's always been a big star wars guy um but like if we if john favreau directed star wars then we never would have gotten live action lion king so i always forget he directed i feel like that's a good thing that to me (laughs) it's so weird that he directed that why wouldn't they get an animation guy to direct that movie um, Why would they? Well, I don't want to get into it because that movie didn't need a director because they were just remaking. <laughs> that's a movie true. That I had guess that's been fair made. enough. Yeah, John Favreau's going around looking at computers, just being like, "Yeah, it looks that good. Looks like a lion. Looks good. Yeah, yeah." John, Fav- he was like, "Oh, so I just get to play with VR for like a <laughs> bunch of 
a bunch of money. Cool. I just get to watch other people do right. things. Cool. Like I'm sure he was very involved in like the actors like recording their lines, which was probably yeah. you know like a solid three weeks of work. And then all through the animation process, he just sort of was like, "You guys need anything? Like I can can I, I can I do something?" Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine okay. someone so out of touch with the animation that when he kept hearing live-action Lion King, he got was so uninvolved that he got to the end, saw the premiere, and just leans to whoever like is beside him. He's like, I still don't know how we got the lions to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any fucking lions when I worked on the movie. And then, I don't know where they kept them. The last one I want to bring up is Guillermo del Toro, who is the king of not making movies. It yeah, feels like yeah. that sounds pretty dope, though. You, see, I yeah. think franchise dropout. Yeah, yeah, I think Del Toro would have been a cool, weird pick, um, but it just seems like every single movie I've ever looked at the Wikipedia page for, it's like Could at one Guillermo point, at one Poor point, game. Guillermo Del Toro was set to direct, but he had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts. I wouldn't even say like, just movies. Game franchises also have generally succumbed to that as well. Yeah, it's like, what's his deal? Like, why can't he hold down a job? I mean, I don't want to be mean. <laughs> But, like, it's just more Jackson. than any other person. <laughs> Why can't you just do your fucking beat. job? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's going on Fuck. with that? Oscar winning deadbeat. Um, <laughs> once he's got a movie coming out soon. Again, finally. We'll I think see. he's kind of learned his we'll lesson. See. There hasn't been quite as much of that. This was going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro stuff lately. I think he's figured himself out and how to, like, only pick projects he can actually do. Um... You're going to feel like an asshole when it's like he had medical problems. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's that. From what I've heard of him, there's a lot of stuff that seems to weirdly go on around him. Like, he doesn't see a lot of things through, but I've heard that there's a lot of, like, weird creative crises that happen around the films and the franchises he gets involved with. Right. That almost always end up coming back to him and him being like, no, I'm just, it's not worth enough. I'm moving on. Did you guys know that it's at like one that point one Disney announced... Like a brand new like sub studio that Guillermo del Toro was supposed to head up, that was like Disney Spooks or something. It was like Disney. Disney it was yeah. It was like seriously. It was like a spookier, scarier like Disney imprint that Guillermo del Toro was supposed to be the creative head of. That would just make like you know in in the vein of like the the Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas mm. wave. It'd be like, we're yeah, going to have yeah, a they whole... Pass it back off to Tim. Yeah, like mm -hmm. a whole imprint that's like just based around like creepier, edgier children's animation. And Guillermo del Toro had like three projects lined up with that. And then the entire thing just dissolved for some reason. Oh, oh like Pinocchio? Like he's supposed to do that. Maybe he just wasn't feeling it one day and it just fell apart. Yeah. I think mm. the Pinocchio movie... Maybe he movie... had one conversation with Tim Burton and then didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> um, I think that would do it. <laughs> uh... I don't think the Pinocchio movie he was going to make was Disney, though. That was, like, a different... Oh, okay. Because it's a... It's a uh, what's the word? Public domain thing. I'm sure it was just somebody yes, else's. Yes. I've read the book. Um, I'm educated. <laughs> but, yeah, and eventually uh, Kathleen Kennedy had a talk with Steven Spielberg, and he was like, I think J.J. Abrams is your guy. And they picked J.J. Abrams, and it worked out pretty well for them at first. Yeah, at you think J.J. Abrams did Star Trek for nothing? <laughs> exactly. That's the crazy thing. Is J.J. Abrams coming fresh off of two Star Trek movies doing yeah, a Star Wars movie? Real. Yeah, coming in to ruin the Star Wars universe. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's cool it. Alan. I agree, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, J.J. Abrams has like a weird directorial career because 
like, he worked in television for a really long time. Like, he was a television writer and producer and director, and he did Lost, and he did Alias, and he did Felicity. Um, and that's where he, like, really made a name for himself. And, but it just is this weird phenomenon where it's like, what was the first movie J.J. Abrams ever directed? It was Mission Impossible 3. It was, like, <laughs> a big, hyper-budget action movie that, like, looks really sleek and shiny and nice. And it's just weird to be like, that was his directorial debut, was Mission Impossible yeah. 3. That's his first time. Yeah, they're like, um, I think the creator of Felicity would be so good at this. <laughs> I think he'd be excellent. Uh, well, the creator of Alias would be, I don't know. Um, I know, I know. It was just, it's funnier if I say Felicity. It's true. It was a joke. It's true, I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, it was pretty much just like, yeah, and they cast some, like, small unknown actors, they made a really conscious decision not to go with big movie stars, and, you know, just, then they made the movie, <laughs> and, like, it went, there was, you know, and there was some, like, nitty-gritty stories about how they had to do a lot of rewrites on the fly, and it was kind of a rushed production, and there were a lot of things that had to change at kind of the last second, but... Like, I got to admit, like, we haven't really just, like, outright said our feelings on this movie yet. But, like, I think this movie, especially at the moment it came out, was just, like, absolutely magic. I think, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like, yeah, yep, yep. especially, like, the first act of this movie, when it's 2015 and you're sitting in the theater with a, a country that is just has been waiting so long for Star Wars and it's finally back and you sit down that first half hour, it's like you're watching Jurassic Park for the first time. It's like just this like insane, like immaculate thing that you can't help but just be like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted, you know? I think mm-hmm. that can be encapsulated by just imagining the the musical stinger at the start of the three paragraph crawl at the start of any Star Wars. That <laughs> right. moment is emotionally iconic. Absolutely. To a lot of people. So gotcha. that happening again in a genuine format outside of like a TV show, I think that in particular is something that a lot of people had just this cultural exhale. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, I mean, just like this, I I hate to say I. Th- this movie has a weird relationship with like nostalgia because it is inherently nostalgic because it is a sequel. And it's a Star Wars movie, you know? Like, there's no... It's kind of baked in there, whether it's intentional or not, you know? Because we're going to be using the same things and doing the same things, kind of. But, like, the biggest criticism of this movie that I heard over and over and over again when the movie came out was, like, it's just like A New Hope. It's exactly like A New Hope. And it, it, people who said that did have a point. Like, in plot structure and, like, what happens in the movie, it does basically follow the same pattern as... A New Hope. We introduce our people, they get a robot, they meet the resistance, and then they blow up a big thing. And then our guy dies, and then we're all sad. It's like, yeah, it does follow the same plot structure. I, think it's a I like to think that's how J.J. Abrams pitched. I like the oh. idea of J.J. Abrams going in and pitching the movie just like that. They, they do it again. <laughs> but, like, what if we, like... The thing, after watching A New Hope, that's like, if someone made A New Hope with, like, modern sensibilities and technology and money, and we actually had a good director do it, like, it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's the same plot, but, like, just the way that they do it is so good. Like, not to say that it's better than A New Hope, because I don't think you can really make that argument, but, like, it's just... 
it's just, it's so fucking good. And, like, I don't care that it's the same plot structure because it's a beautiful movie and I love the characters and I love how they talk to each other. And, like, as a girl who's grown up with Star Wars, like, Star Wars has been around my entire life. All those shots of just, like, Rey just, like, sitting in the desert, like, just right by the AT-AT and just, like, casually wearing the helmet for fun. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, such an evocative Im- image of, like, mm. what it's like to, like, be a girl who grew up with Star Wars. Right. Like, it's just, it's so nice. And, like, have we ever... N- oh, sorry, go ahead, Logan. I was gonna say, I think the term nostalgia is used a bit um, incorrectly these days. It's treated as if nostalgia is inherently a bad thing. Uh, you can definitely abuse nostalgia, right. which is what I think a lot of people who are upset about that were, uh, you know, uh, annoyed about. But I do think that the new franchise, at least at first, very much played into what it knew people liked about Star Wars and reinforced it, but the context of everything was new enough that it wasn't the same exact journey again, which is Mm -hmm. what was important. Mm -hmm. You had the same set pieces if you look at them broadly, if you squint at them, but the context of how you get there and what you're doing and the scale of things is different, and that is why I think the movie functions well on its own. Yeah. Plus, bookends are a thing. It's a common (laughs) trope. It creates a sense of uh, familiarity in what you're going into. And I think... As well, I, like, uh, I'll be quick and then you could go, Keisha. I think, <laughs> like, even in terms of, like, the modern blockbuster, when this came out, it felt like, ooh, this is a li- laying it on a little thick with the, like, references and the nostalgia, you know? There's, like, a handful of moments that are very much like, look at this thing from the original. But, like, seeing how much farther it's gone, this feels like nothing now. Like, watching the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife trailer, you're like, I wish we could go back to the days of The Force Awakens, you know? Have you guys seen yeah. that trailer? I haven't yet. Oh, God. I I saw the first one. I don't think I've seen, like, the newest one. They're though. just like, the Ghostbusters are coming back. Is that the, the Ectomobile? Oh, my God. Like, treating yeah. the ghost... Like, in the Ghostbusters movie, they're like four sweaty dudes from the Bronx, you know? <laughs> and then it's like somebody in Kansas being like, they're finally returning after all these years! And you're like, Jesus Christ. Sort of like if the uh, there was a modern Batman film and they tried to seriously play up the modern perception of Batman, but with, like, the Adam West Batmobile returning. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> that's sort of like, yeah, we liked it! Maybe it didn't need to be here. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we've moved on just a little bit. Yeah. What were you going to yeah, say, You Keisha? don't have to include everything. Um, right now, I feel like I am trying to heal my relationship with Star Wars. Because when this movie came out, I think I saw it in theaters three or four times. Oh, of course. Because it was just, it was so exciting to have this Star Wars movie. And even though there were a lot of repeats, you know, it's like poetry, it, uh, it rhymes. Um, <laughs> I Like, they still... They still introduced, like, really compelling characters. Like, this uh, stormtrooper that is defected, and he is starting to think for himself. That is really interesting. And this, a pilot who is part of the Resistance, but kind of grew up as a little hotshot, like, never really knowing what he was fighting for, and then learning about it. That's really interesting. And Rey is interesting as a character, and that she has nothing and doubts herself and undermines herself all the time and then starts to learn that she's super strong. But then I feel like all of the interesting things that happened with characters either had places... Like, I feel like Ray's character grew a lot in 
the eighth movie and then in the ninth movie that just nothing 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 <laughs> and then Finn and Poe didn't matter anymore and yeah. it, I know it, it's, it's it's so upsetting it's like, so and I'm, nice I, to I, watch this movie where the characters actually matter like yeah we, like there's the scene where Poe and Ray like just got away from the first order in the Millennium Falcon and she's like you shot so well and he it's he's so good. congratulating yeah. her flying is so natural and so beautiful and sparks such a great relationship and then and then Poe or not Poe Finn is just yelling about Ray and after that and my, I'm trying to reconcile knowing like how much I love the way that characters are treated in this movie and knowing that they are not going to grow in the way that I think they deserve is really difficult for me still. Right. Yeah, I think for the rest of this podcast, we just have to pretend that Rise of Skywalker doesn't exist. Well, I want to just... uh... do my best to take these one at a time. I mean, not you, Logan, but yeah. the rest of us, we're going to get there. Like, no, yeah. no, don't, don't worry about me. We'll do. Logan speaking <laughs> as someone who accidentally watched the last yeah. Jedi. <laughs> yeah, true. Like we'll uh, get to Last Jedi. We'll get to Rise of Skywalker. We'll do podcasts on him. But oh, we gotta. We, we yeah. want to. We want to go straight to talking about fucking Last Jedi while I'm here. Well, darn. Yeah. I, I, uh. I, celeb- I really do want to celebrate this movie. Like I, I loved it so much, but it's hard for me. It's kind of like watching a River Phoenix movie. Like no disrespect at all but like some sometimes when i'm watching i'm like oh this is really sad because like i know how sad your life is in real life like i just it's hard for me to just focus on how good this movie is because i'm like well but it's It's, but it doesn't mean anything it's the movie versus the trilogy it's like it's like watching home vhs videos of like your grandpa after he's died and like you love oh. these videos of him, but you know that he's dead in real life. It's like that. <laughs> it's just like that is that is some condemnation of that. It's like I really enjoy the new Star Wars, and it's too bad like, the franchise fucking died. Or you're like watching Seven, and you're like, this is a good movie, but then you're like, oh. Um. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. Without, without still a, like it. Without expanding too much on it, because that's an entire two-hour conversation. Um it's the the trilogy is disjointed and there's just no way to get around that right um the trilogy doesn't really accomplish much of anything the individual movies barring rise are fun like and interesting and have some great set pieces so looking at them individually is a very different experience than looking at them contiguously Mm -hmm. Mm. uh like I love the yes, Last Jedi absolutely. for that for that reason. You know, not to, not to, to. I guess I could talk about the Last Jedi. I like the Last Jedi for that purpose, <laughs> uh, just because I think some of the set pieces are the strongest in the entire franchise. Oh, yeah. um, and Rise has a couple great moments, like moments. It does. But there's literally nothing underneath it. It is just trying to pick up pieces mm-hmm. and not Remember, doing so well. I will. This is the last thing I'm going to say about Rise of Skywalker and that I literally can't. I literally can't. <laughs> okay. But remember when uh, Evil Ray shows up for half a second and then she isn't there anymore. Anyway, what a great trailer shot that was. <laughs> uh, okay. She's got red eyes and like pointed teeth trailers. or something and then she just, she's never seen again. Whatever. Fuck it. Uh, here's what I want to get into. First of all, I think the marketing for this movie is great because they fucking know that it's Star Wars and they mm-hmm. know that you're going to go see it. And the trailers are very much like, 
we don't have to pitch you on fucking anything. <laughs> They're like, yeah. it's a Star Wars movie. Get in here. Aren't you hype as shit? Let's go. <laughs> and like, they show you little images. They're like, here are the characters. Here's like some of the iconography that's going to be in it. But they're like so under wraps about everything. And it makes for this theater experience where you sit down and like the crawl starts and you're like clamoring to read it. You're like, I got to know what's going to happen because I have no fucking clue. And the the crawl Mm -hmm. like serves a really genuine purpose of like telling you like what this movie is even about because you still don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you just know it's Star Wars. It's you buy yeah, a damn it's ticket. It's an accidentally interesting thing, too, because the crawl stands the test of time because it looks the same as it used to, right. but it has not been outdated by any modern tech because it's text. Yeah. Uh, it has <laughs> the, the, the structure of three paragraphs that quickly set things up. It's like universe, problem, attempted solution. Go. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it's just such an interesting, perfect thing that makes the start of every Star Wars film just, like, get you into a mode when you're about to watch it. Mm-hmm. Right, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I want to point out... Which also helps because traditional Star Wars uh, movies didn't always have the smoothest of dialogue. So adding <laughs> in all that exposition might have been... It might have been a bit of a roadblock for A New Hope. Right. Um, I think that the, like, in terms of, like, making a movie that successfully adheres to and subverts expectations at the same time, I think that especially the first scene of this movie is just it. I feel like you could fucking teach a class on it because it is so systematic about showing you one thing at a time because that opening shot is all that like shaky, quick, like flashy shots of the stormtroopers on the on the uh, like on the ship when they're getting ready to 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 land. Um, and it instantly clues you in that this is going to look different than the Star Wars movies you're used to, right? Like mm-hmm. the George Lucas style where everything's very locked down, very still, and you have those like sort of long pauses and the like, sw- like uh, what's the word? Wipe transitions between every scene, you know? You like I, it, love, I love that those are still there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it like, it like instantly transmits to you the audience like this is gonna look and feel different like get on board this now this isn't your dad's star yeah this wars. isn't your daddy's star wars get on board now or get out of the theater right um so you're like okay sure but it's still stormtroopers you still got stormtroopers they get out and but you they, realize like, look it's a little bit different they're like cooler it's great right and you get out there and you realize like oh you know there's an old guy with a device there's like an ace pilot there's, you know, stormtroopers attacking a bunch there's of guys. There's the best robot. The there's, best yeah, there's like a new cute be. robot. You're like, this is Star Wars. <laughs> this is the Star Wars I know. <laughs> there's a dude with a helmet. There's, you know, all this stuff. But at the same He's time... A criminal. <laughs> at the same time, it's like, oh, but here's a stormtrooper who has, like, weirdly, like, uh, a subjective lens put on him, like, through the filmmaking. Like, you don't see his face yet, and you don't know what his deal is yet, but there's, like, a stormtrooper that's being treated like a character. Which has absolutely never happened before, and oh like God, the humanization that they do of the stormtroopers so quickly in that scene is so good. Because like even that first shot of like the jittery like going back and forth and like the lights flashing on the stormtroopers immediately makes it feel like a war film, and that immediately gives the stormtroopers pathos. And I just remember sitting in theaters for that one shot where Finn goes over to the other stormtrooper and the stormtrooper like wipes blood on his face. I just remember sitting in the theater and being like. 
holy shit. Because, like, that <laughs> one that one moment makes you rethink every scene that a Stormtrooper has ever been in. It's so good. Right. Like, because we've always treated the Stormtroopers as just, like, there's stormtroopers, haha, whatever, and then suddenly being like, yeah, no, they've been yeah. people the whole fucking time. It's just, it's so. Yeah, it's up until so that good. point, our cultural recollection of them is, ha, you never hit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> done. Wilhelm scream. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but not only that, but it's like, oh, there. Not only are there jokes in this. This is like one of the first times there's like a scripted joke in Star Wars. You know, it's, like yeah. even the original <laughs> movies, as fun as they are, are not like jokey movies. They're like adventure fun. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they're space road trip fun. They're not. Yeah, one to six is pretty devoid of anything resembling humor or quirk. Yeah, like the closest thing to a joke in the original movies is when Harrison Ford is like, "Everything's okay." Here. Uh, how are you? Which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the only joke in the franchise. You know, yeah. where the, the <laughs> start I- of The Last Jedi has more humor than and oh, the, the entire... The Last Jedi is so funny. It's, it's a really <laughs> funny movie. I have an emergency transmission for General Hux. I'll wait. <laughs> Hux. I, I like, yeah, Doing, I like, like that Skype that's humor. character. <laughs> like, Poe is like a jokester. Yeah. Like, he doesn't take things seriously. That's part of his... Right. Yeah, he's the flyboy. He he's flippant. He's just like, yeah, hey, he, here I am. He's super lucky, gets away with everything, and so he has that, like, dick boy charm energy, you know? Yeah. Where, you say, where did you just like, call him? Mm-hmm. dick boy? I don't know, dick boy. One of them yeah, dick boys. I don't boys. know. I don't know. You know <laughs> oh, damn about. it. Dick boy. Dick boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was trying to say. I thought that I was the same. I'm sorry. The kind of boy that dicks around, a dick I boy. I can't let you just try to bulldoze past this. We have to stop. No, I don't want to stop. That's not fair. You guys have said plenty of dumb things that I haven't stopped. Okay, all right, fine. This is my one pass. All right, you get a pass this time, but if you say dick boy ever again, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? What is the word that I'm thinking of then? That'll be his solo. That'll be the name of his film. I'm, you guys, I work at for a church. I have to erase that kind of language from my vocabulary. (laughs) Anyway, it's just fun. I like that. I think that it's like that's something that doesn't feel like a repeat from the original trilogy. For sure, yeah. Poe Dameron yeah. feels really. Most of the characters in this movie feel really unique, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because Star Wars does it. It repeated its its template, but there are plenty of movie templates that have been repeated all throughout time. So I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it gets a pass obviously. because yeah. the characters are great. That's one of the things. I feel like that's a fundamental place where I disagree with like a wide swath of like general audience movie viewers. Because a lot of people get really hung up on like, I knew what was going to happen. I feel like I've seen this plot before. Which to me is like one element out of like 40 that I care about in a movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like It's mm-hmm. the context of the journey, not the journey itself. Yeah. It's all about like it's... I see. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Sorry. And it's like you know, sometimes you watch a, who would like, you watch like a Coen Brothers movie, and you're like, the structure of that was so crazy. Like I truly didn't know like what we were like where it was going. Right? It feels so loosey goosey and odd. And that's part of mm-hmm. what's exciting about it is that you've never seen something like it before. Right? But like yeah. every other movie outside of those rare examples, it's like. I I know, like, the broad strokes of where this is probably gonna go, right? If it's an action movie, they'll have a big fight with the bad guy at the end, and they'll probably win. Or maybe they'll lose if they want to, like, really shake it up and do something different. 
or if it's like a drama, there will probably be a major confrontation at the beginning of the third act, and the final act will be them sort of like, you know, finding some sort of restitution within their family or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. every every genre, every type of movie has like, like, you know, tropes and ideas in a generalized structure that even if you're subverting it, it's still interacting with it in a way. That's very specific. That can kind of either go one of two ways, and to be like, "Oh, the Star Wars movies," it's just like all the other ones. There's a Death Star or whatever, is like fair. But that's like just. I mean, like I said before, it's like one out of forty things that I care about in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's what and makes also me mad about that's that just kind of criticism too. Is like that's why we have so many gotcha plot twists that just have no bearing on mm-hmm. anything and come out of nowhere because audiences were like, I'm so tired of seeing things coming. Yeah. And then so movies mm-hmm. were like, what if we just didn't tell you anything and then introduce something new and said it was a plot twist? And they were like, Ugh. You'll always get criticism of both kinds. You'll always get people exactly. saying that it's too familiar. But then, uh, you, well, Dude, The Last Jedi like had a lot of people that were like, <laughs> exactly. this isn't like Star Wars. That's exactly the like, This right. one's yeah. too the same. This one's too It different. did new things. <laughs> yeah. but I, I'll always. Yeah, you can't just baby bear your way into a yeah. perfect Star Wars <laughs> I'll always, film. I'll always dislike people who try to make but the, I but liked... the Force can't do that <laughs> argument. Yeah, it's, it's like, outrageous. cool, you know what the Force did originally? Nothing. Yeah. That's really it good. choked mm-hmm. people. No, That's yeah. It. Basically, every Star Wars movie introduces like a new force power. Like I always think of Return of the Jedi when Darth Sidious just starts shooting lightning out of his hands for the first time, and it's like, <laughs> whoa! If you're born in 1995, that feels like something that's always been hard baked into Star Wars canon, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen until the third movie, <laughs> and they don't yeah, like I have a whole scene where now. they're like. Here's the way that Jedi can shoot lightning out of their fingers. Dersidious just starts fucking shooting lightning all over the place. You're like, oh, fuck, whoa. Yeah, totally. Like, that's how you do it. Like, just have people do things. It's magic. Who cares? Yeah, it it feels, like, very plausible with the way that the Force has been set up. I think, you know, because it's just energy. And you know what lightning is? It's energy, dummy. Mm -hmm. Take a science class. I remember when people got really mad about Force healing, which, you know, whatever. But, like, one of the funny things about that is in Extended Universe stuff, which isn't canon now, according to Disney, um, Force healing had already existed. People got really mad about it being new, but it's something that had been in the canon. But people were hard being like, no, it wasn't in previous movies. Right. So it's it's mm-hmm. fake. And it's like, it's, you're not, choose an extreme of Star Wars fan here. Like, which <laughs> which way do you want to be mad about this? Because you're in the middle and you're not working right now. Um, I mean, here's, I like Starkiller Base, but I do have a, a fundamental problem with it. Is that there are adult trees grown on that guy. Like, hundreds of year old trees. And I just want to know what's up with that. Well, I think the you idea is that they built it. Space. I think that the idea is that they built it into an existing planet. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, Starkiller oh, Base was built into the planet the Jedi temples are on. It, like they turned a Jedi training planet. Okay. Into oh, is it really? I thought that a super they weapon. built the whole thing. Yeah, oh, that's no, so it, sick. Uh, that's so fucking sick. Called. What's that fucking game called? Uh, the, 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 they just made it 10 billion times better. The one, the game, the, the most recent Star Wars game that came oh, out. Oh right, uh, it was Fallen. Order? Fallen Order. You go to that planet. planet In that, you go to that planet. I can't remember what it's the name of the planet's called. Did they colonize it? Uh, (laughs) The Jedi had set a temple up there like forever ago. Like it's in a bunch of Star Wars canon. It's in like uh, the old animated series. It has the most famous temple where uh, Padawans are trained. When you go there in Fallen Order, it's the first Jedi temple. I don't know if it's the first one. 
The one that Luke Skywalker was supposedly trying to find. I'm not sure about that. Um, it's, that it's would where, be funny. It's apparently where like Kyber, all Kyber crystals come from. Um, but they went there, and Whoops. you can find it in mm. like you can find them already terraforming it and building the Star Killer base into it in that game. Like you That's fight some parts of it there. Also, uh, from what I understand, and I'm like, I'm a bit loose on the lore here. The reason they use that planet is because the Star Killer base uses giant, like massive Kyber crystals as its laser. Its laser is a giant lightsaber. That's cool. That's one of those yeah. things that I that wish was in the movie. That is my favorite thing about Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, like, like they just always do that stuff where they shoehorn all of this information into <laughs> random video yep. games or like books. And you're like, well, yeah, that's just you know you should know that you didn't know that. Yeah. You, you don't know, know that, stuff. that Darth Maul has been alive this whole time, <laughs> idiot. And it's like, okay, yeah, he has, well, he has biter robot legs. Okay, it's like I can't ingest every single piece of Star Wars media. Uh, it is Ilum Ilum. That's the planet that they turned into it. Oh, oh, that's what that's what Crimson Dragon was. It populated by people. Did yeah. they colonize it? Uh, was it? That's what I. That's what I want to I mean, know. They are the bad guys. Were there innocent, <laughs> they... were there innocent people who were living on that planet at the time of destruction? Uh, I don't know that. I, the whole planet's kind of like an Arctic climate, so I I think it was basically just the Jedi, just like some they, like uh, a, you know, a particular I mean, monastery. Tough. It was it was like it was supposed feathers, to be but... a sanctuary where the Jedi could retreat to and train people. Uh, it was also. Oh, it was a Jedi ski lodge. Yeah. After <laughs> After Order sixty six, apparently it was where everyone was supposed to go to. Like all the Jedi were supposed to return to oh, hide, right. but but like none of them made it there. Um, one of the things that I very much like. First of all, I think the fact that they cast mostly. I mean, unknown is a strong word. Like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega were pretty much unknown. John Boyega was in Attack the Block before this, um, but Daisy Ridley had pretty much not been in anything. Um, and Adam Driver had been around, but he was not at all famous. He was in Girls. He was in... Uh, girls? Yeah, he was in Girls, and he was in um, Inside Lewin Davis. What if the Daniel Radcliffe movie? He was in that? Was he, like, a yeah. major role in he it? Goes, he goes... He's like the best friend, the kooky best friend, and he go, at one point goes, I just had sex and now I'm going to eat nachos. My <laughs> life is awesome. So really I watched good. that movie and then this movie, and they have different tones, different <laughs> atoms. Because, yeah, one of the things I wanted to say was that seeing this movie for the first time um, is, and a lot of a lot of what I'm talking about is going to come back to, like, watching that with fresh eyes with an excited public, because that feels like the legacy of this movie, you know? Oh, as definitely. as the triumphant comeback of Star Wars and as a fucking cultural juggernaut, where it felt like yeah. it was the only thing anybody could talk about for, like, months, you know? Like, I remember mm -hmm. I was in community college at the time, and I would have professors for that, like, three weeks just come in and be like, have you guys seen the new Star Wars <laughs> like just before they start teaching pre-calc being like what did you guys think of it because i thought it was so good like just everybody in the world just feeling like they needed to talk about it um mm -hmm. but i just remember uh when adam driver takes his mask off for the first time with a public who is not at all familiar with adam driver and the dude's got a really complicated mm -hmm. face and, like, just the audible reaction to just, like, the way his, like, ears and nose look when he takes off that helmet for the first time will always stick in my brain. He's not a conventionally attractive Yeah, man. exactly. Not, he's not well, an ugly such... man. He's just not whoa, a conventional. Whoa, 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 yeah, which I don't whoa, 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 think the reaction... Well, he's, now. he's pulling a Benedict Cumberbatch super yeah. hot move now. Well, because but... I don't think wait, it was a reaction so... like, oh my god, this guy's so ugly. It was just like, yeah. whoa, was just like, that oh, was not okay. what I was expecting him to look like. 
<laughs> He's also well, got such an interesting voice. Watching this movie now is first of all, Adam Driver looks like a baby. True. He's a baby yes. boy. And second of all, it's when the movie come out when the movie come out, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that like that moment of him revealing his face was so interesting, especially because he had like the voice deepener and like he was wearing the mask the whole time. What really kinda hit you over the head was the fact that how young he was. Like right. that was the scary part. That was like the like that's like the like the, the only real life like comparison I could think of is like mm. oh this is the young man who's been shoved into the alt right pipeline like exactly. this is a guy this is a yeah. young man who's just being totally used for himself by this evil force by uh, I almost call him Scarn what's his name Snoke uh, Snoke Snoke S- like Scarn Michael Scarn Michael Scarn Scarn brother anyway. Like, just this young man who's totally being just, like, abused and used and, like, has been totally just brainwashed by the people yeah. he's working for. He got like, fucking I just remember that being, like, they, so effective immediately. They walk you into feeling like he's going to be just another Darth Vader, just a different flavor of him. Right. And then the mask coming off is very much a moment of, like, oh, yeah. all right. And then so he we're kind of more back in, like, Anakin, but... Darth, a weird in between in the Anakin Darth right. Vader territory. Unburnt Anakin. Yeah, he takes yeah. off his helmet and he's yeah, got fucking it's... acne underneath. <laughs> like they let him have some pimples, and he like looks like a fucking nineteen-year-old. Like truly. Yeah, I like that. I mean, J.J. Abrams is known for his mystery box style of storytelling, which is extremely frustrating most of the time. So I think it's real. I mean, not. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. It can be frustrating if it's not handled well. I'm not going to go into the details on whether or not it was handled well in this trilogy. Um, (laughs) But I like that you are expecting this whole mystery man. We don't know who Darth Vader... We didn't know who Darth Vader was. We didn't know his identity. We didn't have his face for such a long time. It's probably going to be the same thing. And then he's like, JK, you know exactly who this little, little effer is. He... Is the son of Han Solo and Leia Organa, and he is messed up, and you're gonna look at his Adam Driver face this whole freaking franchise. <laughs> you hear me? His reveal is a lot less Luke, I am your father, and a, a lot more Luke, I am your friend from Bandcamp. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know exactly who he is, which is kind of cool, I think, to just like, I don't know, because this, this series, this trilogy has a lot of problems of like, oh, who is this? I kind of like that they're just like, yeah, no, this is Luke and Han's son. Not Luke, God. This is Leia and Han's son. <laughs> Luke and, and Han's gran- son. Yeah, you know, and his grandfather is Darth Vader. I, I was wish. like, okay, I immediately know who this kid is and what, like, 70% of his baggage is. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that that's, that's part of the, like, you know, I mean, you already said this, but, like, in the way that it's updated and modernized, like, truly, it's, it's playing on the, like, inherently modern idea of like the nineteen year old who gets red pilled on R slash Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck Feminist women. What are the what are the good yeah. <laughs> horrible subreddits? Whatever. I don't have a good poll. I try not to I think it's, it's a, I try uh, not to know. I think it's a good thing that you no, don't know. I don't I don't think we need to publicize. Um, which is but it's like an inherently modern idea. Like cuz that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like in the 70s you don't get like young men radicalized like that. You get them radicalized by like organizations, by like literal mm-hmm. physical predatory people who who like invite you to meetings and stuff, you know? But like the in the corporation. Y- right. But like in the modern day that happens 
more like they sort of radicalize themselves, you know? Like, you could be mm-hmm. radicalized, like, as an individual in a way that I don't think used to happen. And I think I'm... that the character of Kylo Ren is speaking to that phenomenon in a really specific way that I think is really, really smart and interesting. There's a very relevant allegory for that that I don't even want to mention because I don't know if it's good for the tone of this podcast. <laughs> okay. But there is oh, an organization so right now that absolutely does exactly that. Um, heckin'. Build a bear. Hmm? Build a bear. Build a bear workshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to start beef with Build a Bear Workshop. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the Crossing plushies. What are you doing? Build a bear workshop is the alt right pipeline. I don't. I don't no. know how political we get here, so I'm not going to step no. on that territory. No, I mean, it's okay. We we, 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 just just the idea is fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty... I mean, it's not, like, super clear, but I think it's uh, I think it's clear enough where we lie politically on this yeah. spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> fucking... It's, it's how fucking people are broken down by QAnon. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Like, it's no, that, exactly. That yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, yep, yep, yep. We are tiptoeing. Yeah, I don't want to dive into like a full conversation about that because we're here to talk about space wizards. But yes, he's absolutely the <laughs> subject of the same kind of mentality that radicalizes people into that. Yeah. Right. Um, it it's right. not that he was... It, it's interesting because the movie presents you with two different versions of that because you get the perspective of a stormtrooper who's born into it and programmed and then you get the perspective of somebody that found comfort in and leaned into it. Right, exactly. Which I think is... Which I think is interesting. And it's interesting that the one who self-radicalized is painted as the villain... Whereas the one who had no choice and was indoctrinated is uh, on the protagonist's side. Um, what I think yeah. is really interesting that we talk about a little bit in this movie, we touch on it in this movie, and then I feel like we really continue it into The Last Jedi. And kind of weirdly, like, we touch on it in this mm-hmm. one and I get pretty heavy-handed with it in Last Jedi, is, like, this conversation of, like, how poverty affects, like, individuals and social justice. And we talk about it a lot in Row One, too. Because, mm-hmm. like... Ray has nothing. She's a she is a part of this fucked up system where literally she is being, like she is literally mm-hmm. like doing labor and not being compensated fairly for her labor. Like that's literally that's literally what's happening. She lives in a hut, like she's just a part of this fuck fucked up system that she doesn't really have a way out of, and she's kind of in it by choice, but also kind of not. And like that scene where she's with BB-8, and she has the choice to either like get a lot of food or do the right thing and she chooses to do mm-hmm. the right thing like it's just it's so clear to me that we're having a conversation about like like what what like when you're stuck in a situation like that Social like when you're morality. stuck in poverty like right. can you really yeah. could you really have been mad at ray if she chose fucking food fucking you know 60 like portions. Yeah, it's a very 60 yeah. portions. Yeah, a- i like as adeline likes to say a lot of movies including the original trilogy as brilliant and beautiful as it is get stuck into light good dark bad and this trilogy explores a lot of different avenues and except for areas where until hey when suddenly it's like okay (laughs) okay well but like this movie does spend time focusing on there is this person who is loved and cared for that is doing bad things Mm -hmm. but he is still very much in the script that he is worthy of redemption and that is from the get-go which is it's it's really awesome i think it's so good i also Mm -hmm. love the the way that daisy ridley looks at those portions (laughs) 
when Simon Pegg fucking yeah. loads him up. Like, that's just one of those performances <laughs> that, in, as gross as those portions are, instantly makes them feel valuable to the audience. Just the way she reacts mm-hmm. to seeing and them. And it's just so cool. Yeah, Elsie says... And when cool she pours the dust into the water and, like, stirs it up and it turns into a loaf of bread, you're like, oh, yeah. I want to eat that. No, yeah, Elsie <laughs> in the chat I, is I saying, why Star did the Wars portions look tasty? I think, I truly think it's literally all in Daisy Ridley's performance. Just the way that like her eyes get so wide when she sees 60 portions and she like immediately like starts to like gather them up in her arms you're like those must be pretty fucking tasty if she's gonna act like that about it Uh, maybe maybe we should come up with some gluten-free some kind of replica recipe because I it just looks tasty to me. I don't know, or maybe I won't make it gluten free because you said it looked gross. <laughs> I mean, I don't I'll know. Make it full of gluten. Whatever, it's already know. gross bread. I think it, taking the gluten out. I think is just what it is, it is it would be just bread with like one drop of green food coloring in it. I mean, no, yeah. I think it's probably blue milk. There's blue milk That's in true. that guy. Blue milk <laughs> in it's Luke Skywalker blue milk. No, 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 no. I don't like to talk about the green milk, though. Oh, really... come on, that's the best, oh, <laughs> that's the best part of it. It's so off. No, Look at I this don't weird like man. He contact. lives on a mountain and he drinks milk. I don't like the eye contact part. I love Mark Hamill to it's death, so good. but I don't want it in my it's brain. Great. It's so good, I can Keisha. see it right now. It's replaying over and over. Um, <laughs> Look at that crusty, weird old man, Keisha. Look at him. This is what I his life Mark has become. I love so much. I don't, I don't, I really just can't. He would rather drink this milk reason. than face his own problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make up a blue, blue milk bread recipe. I think it'll they be good. They sell the blue yeah. milk at Galaxy's Edge, I thought. I know, but I they think don't they make do. blue milk bread. That's true. They do make, they do make the milk. What if you could I get, would, I would drink what if you milk. could get portions at Galaxy's Edge? You might. That would be so yeah, fun. Just, okay, okay. Like, if I were in charge just, of like, Galaxy's Edge, phone and no. Stuff. Here's what I would do. There would be a whole system where it would incentivize people to pick up litter at the park. If you bring enough garbage to Simon Pegg, who works there full time, he would <laughs> tell you how many portions it's worth, and then you'd get to have three quarter portions, and you'd get to munch on them at the park, and it would keep the park spick and span squeaky clean. Disney, talk to me. I don't, I think that would be a really brilliant idea, except for Disneyland already has, like, the most secure system on litter and trash. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's primarily spotless, so it would be, I guess that is it's part the of challenge. it. It's the challenge. That it is, <laughs> mm. you just, kids are running around asking for wrappers. <laughs> yeah. So they can get their portions. Mm. Like, can I eat? Can I have uh, the cup from your pretzel and cheese? Uh, so I really want to get a portion. That's so funny. <laughs> like, please don't talk to me. It's COVID right now. <laughs> no, you can't. Don't touch things that I've licked. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So, I would enjoy that. So as the guy who watched the wrong movie to prepare. True, true. Um, <laughs> let me propose this to you guys. Um... One of the main non-rhyming elements is the early inclusion of Snoke, whereas in the original, we the Empire was this far-off concept that we didn't actually get familiar right. with the Emperor uh, immediately. Um, whereas Snoke is shown, you know, as a massive hologram, but immediately. 
Uh, how do you guys feel about, like, Snoke in general, just in the context of just the first film? Love him. He's Andy Serkis. We have no choice All but right. to stand. Yeah, we are yeah, big we no Andy Serkis stands here. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's a, I cannot it's not tell fair. you how relieved I was that he was not actually a big dude. No. Yeah. He should have no been a big dude. Been so he should have been a 60-foot <laughs> no. guy. It would have been good. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's the same way I feel about in Infinity War when they're like, oh, it's Peter Dinklage playing a dwarf, but he's actually really big. Ooh, subvert your expectations much? I just didn't like you it. like Peter Dinklage hurt you in that movie. I have, no, I love Peter Dinklage. I think they're doing him dirty in that movie. I think they're like, you know, because he's short, because he's a little person with achondroplanum. Well, but wait, anyway, Andy Serkis isn't a little person, though. What do you mean? No, and no, no, no. I love Snoke in this movie. I think there's just the perfect right amount of like sinister mystery and he but also it's that same like he really is set on training kylo ren yeah. so then it doesn't just feel like i this i am training you and you are my protege and we will rule the galaxy like it doesn't feel like that a ton it just feels like He's very calculated, and I like that. Would it have it's been more really fun if he movie. was more secret and Kylo Ren was, like, getting cue drops the whole time? Or he would just get, like, an email and be like, <laughs> oh, you gotta, no. you gotta find a girl with a droid. And he'd be like, yes, I have to find a girl with a droid. I do really think that Snoke holds this really, this really interesting balance of a relationship with Kylo Ren, where it's like... Obviously, Kylo Ren has a an emotional connection to Snoke as some sort of mentor or figure head in his life, but at the same time, there's that like hatred and that feeling in like uh, feeling like he's not good enough and like always being pushed to do better. Like I don't know, it just like highlights that. Just like I I feel like the word toxic is thrown around it's too a much, but just like that toxic energy of that relationship, mm-hmm. I think it's because he's he's so looking well. he's looking for a replacement father figure, but also someone to be detached and objective towards him. Exactly, um, and it's it's also interesting because he's fulfilling the role of both a father and of what Luke should have been to him. Because we find out in the second one that by the time Luke got to him, Snoke had already wrapped his claws around Kylo, and right. it was a battle basically between the two mentors. So mm-hmm. we also know and from also, that, that he was... also, obviously, Snoke is in, in air quotes this whole time. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm sorry. Cause, cause, yeah, because he, he is I'm indeed sorry. a quote of we're, we're looking at Snoke. I, I, I actually sorry. am more cool with what he ends up being than I think most people are, but let's... Let's talk about him as an individual and ignore yeah, what he actually is. And I, I do, I really, I really love the relationship between Hux and, and Snoke and Ren in this mm-hmm. movie. It's really interesting how Hux is way better at being in charge and doing the all of the military movements. And obviously Snoke is lukewarm towards it, but he's not actively... Yeah like making Kylo Ren feel better than General Hux, even though General Hux is being a little simp boy, you know? <laughs> it's so good. I, I think Donald Gleason's kind of the secret MVP of these movies. I think he's so oh, I good. I love him. And like he's doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, like especially like in this first one he's great where he's like, Oh the first order He's doing the like Mussolini speech yeah. on yeah. the planet. Accent is so it's so good. good. But like in Last Jedi too, where he's like on the AT AT with Kylo Ren and he's like trying really hard to find a balance between, like, trying to stand up to Kylo Ren and just, like, slinking oh, yeah. back and kissing uh, his ass, you know? 
when like when they were shooting Luke, and eventually he has to be the one to be like, "All right, stop!" and just looks at Kyle and was like, "Yeah, do you think you got him?" <laughs> like, so good. Should I so funny? I so I think that Hux is actually a very intimidating character, and it is the the Force users in his life make us remember him as a bit wormier than he actually right. is, um, mm-hmm. because he is mistreated by Kylo and often by Snoke in terms of them just ragdolling yeah. him around. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that detracts a lot from. If you take them out of the equation, he's as scary as anyone else from the First Order, if not more. He's a competent leader. He's a good soldier. When he's actually performing, he is interesting. When Snoke dies, he um, is the first one to point out that there should be a structure in place before Kylo Force jokes. Right. Like, the structure yeah. is me. I am the structure. And he's like, okay, fine, cool. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's. I think it's really evocative of that scene in A New Hope where you have all of the like, war generals seen at that table, like, kind of, like, talking about what they're gonna do, and, like, Darth Vader comes in and, like, gives his opinion, and, like, this terrifying military dude, like, just kind of starts to, like, sit Darth Vader down and be like, listen, you're this weird, crazy, fanatic guy, and we're, like, a scary military, and he's, like, going <laughs> off on his scary planet, and then Darth Vader just walks over and chokes him, and then he doesn't talk again. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's just like, fuck you, yeah, I can great. beat you up. Do what I say. I I know yeah. it's because, just on a note on that, I know it's because it's the first film and they didn't have everything in the Star Wars universe in stone, but I always love that he comes in and he's like, we don't believe in your made-up space religion. <laughs> Subtext, that only disappeared about 15 years ago right. and was yeah. objectively that, that real. Was over yesterday. <laughs> That's the weird thing. It was a, a huge portion of the governing yeah. system. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, uh, the Clinton administration? Uh, I think I'd remember something like that. <laughs> I'd be like, like, I don't believe like, in don't VCRs. Believe in your, I haven't in seen your one recently. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Alright, sure, work. You mean you're talking about Palpatine, who's literally in charge of everything, yeah. and he's actually a Sith Lord? He's the biggest sure, space sure. wizard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sure, sure. Um, the, the government had to directly fucking outcast them. There were wars going on over the galaxy involving them, but okay, they haven't been around in a generation. Your kids haven't seen one. I guess they've never <laughs> They're existed. They're like, what do you think Order 66 was about then, brother? Go ahead and tell me. I haven't seen them on TikTok, and TikTok's the only place I get my information. Um, okay, I have a question. I want to do a little round robin on this. Before this movie came out, there was a little minor scandal that I remember. Wherein one of the the character potions, potions, fuck, one of the character posters for this movie, it became clear that Ray's staff had a Phillips head screw on it, and some people spent a lot of energy talking about that, and it's just a fascinating idea to me, which is I don't like have an opinion very strongly about it, but just thinking like. Should there be Phillips head screwdrivers in Star Wars? What are your thoughts, YN? Yes, the shape works. You just brought up something that (laughs) Um, I literally don't give two shits about. Come on. I I think it's fun to think about. I will say right now it is uncanny. I am fidgeting with a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Currently, uh, I think that probably screws exist in Star Wars in some way or the other. Yeah, how are they going to uh, hold all their she, shit together? Staples? It's literally <laughs> her job to take mechanic machinery apart. Yeah. So okay. I would say engines also exist in Star Wars and forks. But yeah. what I'm yeah. trying yeah. to get like, at we, is a larger issue here than just do screwdrivers work. In From a design perspective, 
Is it more, is it distracting to place one familiar element into something, even if it does make sense? Or do you think it would be better to go out of your way to simply eradicate all the screws from your set designs as you're doing it because they I look think, familiar? I think the answer is that anybody who is going to go out of their way to be distracted by a Phillips head screw or Phillips head screwdriver is maybe watching the movie for the wrong reason. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll move on. Nobody cares except me. You're just like, I thought thought we'd care more about this. Whatever. Fuck you guys. Are you mad that Mandalorians have jetpacks too? Is that making you mad? Are you mad that there's Starbucks and Game of Thrones? (laughs) Facts. Canon. I honestly wish instead of editing that cup out, they were like, no. um, yeah. Just change all the cups they, and the Starbucks cups. How do you cups? think they have so much energy? Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they don't, don't edit it out. They just put like a, like, a, like a different rim on it to make it look a little bit more fantasy-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they put like the like little metal like around it like it's a stein. They, like, there we go. People are like, oh, <laughs> Starbucks cup, Starbucks cup. And the next episode, they like go to a Starbucks. Starbucks cup. And then they like go. They're like, actually, it was just a siren-themed goblet. They meet the they meet the mermaid lady and she's like what's up guys no my idea is they're like oh star wars cup fuck starbucks cup you messed up (laughs) mistake goofs and then the next episode they're like then we think they went to starbucks and it's like oh that was there's just star oh there's just starbucks in this you did that on purpose (laughs) that's what i like to imagine so funny i never knew starbucks universe i never knew about this screw controversy but as soon as you said it i was like that is something that the star wars collective fandom would throw the fit about yeah i thought you were gonna bring up the thing of the toy doll sets of all the characters that didn't have ray in it because she's a girl that's what i thought i thought to bring up i thought you were gonna bring up (laughs) i thought you were gonna bring up how they took john boyega off of the poster because he's black yeah i mean (laughs) i have a piece of that i remember hearing some stuff about that didn't hear a lot about it. That though. was that was for international posters, though, right? That was like a specific like yeah. overseas poster thing. Still yeah. bad. Real that bad. that brings you into that Not conversation good. of like where was the decision made, which is impossible to know the answer. Right. I yeah, think it's see. more exciting to talk about Ray as a character. I want to talk about the screw. The racism. <laughs> Okay, then Jackson, go ahead, Jackson. Talk you about yourself. the screw. The three of us are decidedly for the screw. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, that's our stance. <laughs> okay, we thank are pro screw. Thank we you are for pro telling driver, me. Adam and screw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the mo- the sequence where they're flying the Millennium Falcon on Jakku is oh, so fucking good. fucking spectacular. And the moment Chef where they're like, oh, the gun's stuck. So she, like, kills the engines and they're, like, free-falling and spinning. And that's how he aims the gun to shoot the TIE fighter down is the sickest shit that I've ever seen. And, like, in a crowded theater, yeah. that feels like the most important thing that will ever happen to you in your life. Yeah, it's so fucking sh- it's, it's so fucking shit. It's so fucking <laughs> tight. It's so good. And, like... The, the big, I don't know why this controversy, like, suddenly came back to life. I don't know if people start talking about it, but people talking about, like, how come Rey knows how to fight a pilot even though she's just been on the planet the whole time? And the argument has always been, like, okay, well, we did the exact same thing with Anakin and Luke, where we just told you that they were pilots and you accepted that. Anakin was seven years old, we told you he was a pilot and you believed us, and now you have a problem because <laughs> I mean, it's a girl. Like, that whole thing, like, erupted recently. Small, 
small personal ships in Star Wars have always seemed kind of analog anyways. Like, they've never been really depicted yeah, as incredibly same. hard to drive. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, also, she does spend a big portion, not a big a portion, a one-quarter portion. A one-quarter portion saying, man, I really hope I can figure out enough how to fly this thing. right yeah, yeah and it's like my like, whole point was that scene where they're going through like where there she's flying a million falcon on jakku she's not flying it a well because yeah. she's bumping into shit the whole time <laughs> and she's also like not doing it correctly she's like not making smooth terms she's kind of just like she's just going for it and she's just fucking doing it like it totally seems she doesn't seem like she's perfect at it. She seems like she's like scrappy and like yeah. trying to do the best she can. Like there's you know? a difference between it's in the air and like I got it flying and Han Solo doing the Kessel Run. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, they're two very different <laughs> levels of proficiency. Exactly. Um, I will. I don't think it's stupid. Anyway. I don't think it's entirely from that flight though. I think it stems a lot from like. Han Solo is trying to figure out how to fix the Falcon, and she's like, oh, well, I just did this and this and this and this, and I figured your ship out faster than you did. I think that that's kind of where that stems yeah. from. Which, but she does take I, apart ships for a living, so her, like, yeah, understanding yeah. the mechanics of it also completely kind of, makes but sense. I, I kind of understood Han as the kind of guy that did nothing but patch jobs, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But I, I can see, like, that is probably where that stems from. Yeah. If you asked me if Han Solo, like, really knows how to fly the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> I think the answer is no. <laughs> when he needs the Millennium Falcon genuinely fixed, I imagine he hires somebody to fix it. Yeah, for well, sure. that's for literally sure. what Chewie's there for. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, although I do, uh, especially as we finish this episode and as we move into a Last Jedi episode somewhere down the road, I don't want to spend too much airtime talking about shitty bad faith criticisms that people leverage against it. Just because, I, first of all, I want to keep it positive because we like the movies and it's. I think that's more important yeah. to iterate. And also, I just don't want to give it the oxygen, you know? I yeah. Especially well, since I think- this thing in particular we've already talked about many times on the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, because this movie is different because I feel like it's just a little bit long ago that I feel like those things aren't as relevant anymore or, like, have been kind of forgotten a little bit. So I think it's fine to bring them up now in regards to The Force Awakens. But, yeah, The Last Jedi, those were, like, that's, like, been the hot topic for forever. We all know. We've already talked about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because most people can swallow, uh, heckin' The Force Awakens. They either don't like it and don't talk too much about it or they're like, yeah, it was cool. With Rise, most people don't seem to like rise except <laughs> no. for people that are ardently defending it for um, mm-hmm. weird reasons Maybe the last the jedi reasons. is definitely the thing that like i find the most most people are like split on and oh, absolutely. they're at ridiculous extremes of i either love the last jedi or i it's the worst thing in the franchise right it i i have split opinions my on my own it for the last jedi because i think it's an excellent movie on its own but I think it is a terrible piece for a trilogy. That's oh, where I am. Elsie is bringing up a really important point in the YouTube chat, which is that the Millennium Falcon does fly itself because yes. of Lando Calrissian's dead robot girlfriend. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Oh, that's it, it right. Does have, yeah, it has. That's true. Which is <laughs> gross. I don't anuses. want to think about that either. <laughs> she's like, she's like droid right. Don't we? <laughs> don't we generally assume take that her brain most and turn into a slave? Don't we generally assume that most ships in Star Wars have some degree of automation though, because like light speed jumps. 
Usually, I, I can't imagine they're punching in like exact yeah. coordinates. I imagine they're using light speed. They have self parking. Yeah. No, that's just why well, it's so I'm special. Elon Musk. It's not because of any characters like have any special talents. It's only because of this it's weird war building. Thing. I think the difference is the heckin' automated systems in the Falcon are particularly advanced because of Lando's um, dead robot girlfriend. Yes. Because of Delano's can we talk about girlfriend. can we talk about C three PO in this movie? <laughs> it's so fucking good. Which I fucking love. It. I love C3PO. this movie. Cuts to the core of C three so well oh just that moment of him being like don't you want to hear about my arm and then they're like shut the fuck up and you just never learn or just like <laughs> so, the way he like, sidesteps into frame in front of Carrie Fisher is so fucking good. It's you probably so don't recognize me because of my red arm, you know? You know and he like walks away with BB eight and he's like, Oh BB eight, I really should get my original arm back. <laughs> Just like begging people to ask him about his arm. Oh. And nobody gives a fuck. It's so good. Uh, I love C three PO. And, and I've talked about this earlier when we were Oh, go ahead, Logan. I was just gonna say I was thinking about this earlier, but we moved on when we were talking about humor in the originals, and I thought about it, and I was like, C three PO was kind of like the humor of the original right. trilogy, really. Yeah, R two D two and C three PO really were the comedic. That's background. true. They do have some jokes. Han had charisma, but they were really like the only major funny things, apart from like Ewoks, depending on how you want to find humor. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's funnier than when C three PO is wandering that factory and. The second, the second In sequel. Attack of the Clones. And, you know, yeah, Attack of the Clones, and he's got that, uh, that droid head on his body, and his body, you know. And R2-D2's just that's flying very, around. I'm, I'm trying to say that it's not funny, and they shouldn't have done that, and this movie uh, is funny. And then Jar Jar Binks is there, that. and he farts. Okay, uh, I want to talk about R2-D2 in this movie. Because and he's just sad. He literally, they show R two D two, and C three PO is like, "Oh yeah, he died of sadness because Luke left. And even if we could power him back on, I don't know if he'd ever be the same again." And then, like forty minutes later, for no reason, R two D two is just like, "Oh, I'm up. I'm up, and I've got the map piece." It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things in a film where someone says something. Jackson. It's where you someone says something in a film, and it's written in such a way you're like, "Oh, so you will." <laughs> like, right. Yeah. There's just a moment of okay. You wouldn't have said this if. Who are you fooling? Like <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the Superman's Force dead. Awakened. Yeah. Uh -huh, but yeah. Sure. As I watched it this time, the Force awakened. See, or uh, right. Of course, the Force did awaken. <laughs> so, him. Makes sense. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like when C-3PO says like, and even if we could get him back on, I don't know if he'd ever quite be the same. To which I would say. Could you really tell the difference? Like, if R2-D2 got amnesia, how long would it take you to find out as a viewer? You know? I would be upset. Oh, just really, really, all really sensitive. All his beeps are just really deep. Yeah, like, I, they're pitched they're way pitched the They're pitched different. <laughs> his, his friends would be able to tell. Beep, boop, they beep, bop. Every time, every time his head rotates, there's a grating metal shifting against metal sign. It's like, oh, oh, he's changed so much. Oh. Wouldn't it be really funny if, like, he woke up and then he was just like really, really polite to C-3PO from then on? And every time, was like, what the fuck is happening? And then every time you would like beep and bloop, C-3PO would be like, oh, thank you. I did spend a little bit of extra time on my hair this morning. <laughs> just like being like Goodness. really fucking nice. I think that'd be really funny. Yeah, like good. the first thing R2-D2 says, it's like, I like the red arm. <laughs> I, think I think it's cool. C-3PO, what happened with your arm? What, why, how'd you get that red arm? Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do think this is a totally different to- topic, but I just, this episode's gonna be four hours long, and I just want <laughs> to get to the thing I want to talk about, where it's, I love, I, I think it's super interesting the way that Star Wars has handled lightsaber fighting, because it's definitely, like, with A New Hope, like you said, like, they did not have the whole universe figured out, and people famously say that this, the lightsaber fight in A New Hope sucks ass, and it does, but what's really interesting about it, and I talked about this on the New Hope episode, is that the sword fighting weirdly looks a lot like fencing, and then for the rest of every other Star Wars piece of media, it's more like this sword fighting kind of yeah, swashbuckling well, thing. It was, and then, yeah. it was the duel. It was it was a samurai film, is the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like It, it looks like they're fencing because they're doing all these little like stabby motions at, at each other that when we're used to like big big motions look stupid, and then he dies, and it's whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I think Speaking it's so interesting. someone who was traditionally trained in uh-huh. Japanese sword fighting, um, <laughs> I mean, I was, but it, it's accurate to Japanese type Well, that's like, there you go. Like, I think that's super interesting that we just totally abandoned that for, like, classic, like, swashbuckling. I just think, Duan, a modern Star Wars lightsaber fight isn't complete if someone's lightsaber isn't knocked a story down on a building away from them, <laughs> and if in a key moment they don't put their hand out, call it back to themselves, yeah. and block it by grabbing it. If that doesn't pit. happen, it's not a Star Wars fight. Yeah, but what I think is super interesting about this movie, because, like, A, I think all of Kylo Ren is so cool at, like, how kind of, like, messy and sloppy and untrained he is like of course he's powerful and of course he knows what he's doing but he always seems just like kind of shaky like the way that his lightsaber has that particle effect it always feels like there's something wrong with it and like when he freezes that laser blast it's like shaky and doesn't exactly stay like totally still and the way he just like hacks at things like he seems trained but like He's rigid. He seems like and a nineteen-year-old. Like he doesn't seem yeah. like he's like fully trained in what he's doing. Yeah. And then like that, broken. like beginner kind of like he's like, like he's learning it, but he's still like new to it, and he's still like learning. He's still figuring it out. And then versus, I love the fight at the end between him and Finn and Ray because I love these two people who have basically fucking never held a lightsaber before and, like, how they use a lightsaber and how they fight with it with, like, literally no experience Mm -hmm. I think is so interesting and so fun, especially against someone who's, like, learning how to do it. It's it's very good. Yeah, I think a good analysis of uh, Kylo and how he fights is, again, in The Last Jedi when he has his confrontation with Luke. Um, Just because... Luke has a proper stance, is very collected. Kylo is literally hunched over like an animal preparing to charge the Yeah, for fight. sure. Exactly, yeah. Because he's just, he's just angry because he's on the dark side. <laughs> Couldn't even heckin' build a lightsaber that wasn't broke. Got a cracked kyber crystal in there. <laughs> I think Idiot. that this is my, my biggest hot take about this movie. I think right. this is perhaps the only movie I've ever seen. With a screw in it. With a screw the in it. The only movie I've ever seen. Um, no, this is perhaps the only movie I've ever seen. The Iron where, Giant. Brad Bird ever heard of it? Where it seems <laughs> like screw in that where guy. it feels like Harrison Ford actually wants to be there. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford is more dialed in in this movie than I think I've ever seen him before, and I've been trying to figure out why. I think it's because he knows that he dies. I think it's because he knows he doesn't <laughs> no, have to come back tomorrow. Yeah. This is no, that's a hundred percent what it is. Like he wa- This is the ending he wanted for. Freaking Han Solo, he's always wanted this. And they gave it to him. He's like, I just have to do this movie, and then I can go home. Like, and then I'm <laughs> Maybe done. Maybe that's... Right. 
That's why he agreed to do a fifth Indiana Jones movie because they're just gonna kill him off. <laughs> I love that when they asked him, like when he was asked in interviews, what is like what he thinks was going on with him in, the, in Rise. He was just like, I have no idea. Maybe I was dead. <laughs> like, were you a Force ghost? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, because that's what's <laughs> yeah. so funny to me is that like. Harrison Ford's the only person I know whose entire movie star persona is that he just looks miserable all the time. He just looks like he fucking hates his job and he doesn't want to be there. Like, no matter what movie he's in, you know? Well, because the whole thing is when they hired him for A New Hope, he had, like, fully retired from acting and was, like, actively (laughs) being a carpenter. And then he came on to A New Hope. And then he had to be a superstar for the rest of forever. So I think he kind of is just like... I just want to be a fucking carpenter, you guys. Yeah. I don't want to keep doing this. Which I think... pragmatic he was. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say that I think he literally is miserable and hates acting or whatever. Because obviously, if he really hated it, he wouldn't be doing it. Or at least if yeah, he just yeah. needs money, I don't know. He's like, my hands are tied, I had to do Star Wars. <laughs> but, like, yeah. it's just funny that that's the energy he gives off. Like, his cultivated totally. movie star persona... He just feels fucking miserable in every single movie all the time. I, and yeah. American believe- public loved it. They were like, we love this. More Harrison <laughs> Ford, please. Fewer fucks, This guy please. doesn't give a yeah. shit. My takeaway is I think he, he really loves the work and really hates talking about it. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's really yeah. fair, too. Um, what do you guys think? We've I think we've talked about this before. What do you guys think about the Raftars? Hate. Yeah, not into the Raftars. Hate. What are, what what are the raptors? They're the big oh. roly polies. Reptar! It's a Reptar. If it was Reptar, <laughs> that would be great. From from Rugrats. And I figured out yeah. imagine? because I was like thinking of Reptar from Rugrats. <laughs> the thing about the Raptars <laughs> is that they they don't feel very Star Warsy in a way that I couldn't quite put my finger on mm-hmm. until I wait, realized. Wait, sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I, I still what part do of not... the movie are they? Yeah, this, I don't remember the what they are. When it's the scene when. Uh, Han Solo first shows up and he's like, I got a bunch of Rathtars. And they're like, Rathtars? Oh, the tentacle boys. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the tentacle oh. balls. The roly poly okay, tentacle I, boys. I literally, I'm going to be. I'm gonna be honest. I literally skipped over the scene because yeah, that scene kind of has scene. no purpose. That's when they meet up with Han Solo it's... and they're like on the ship with the big monsters on it. And the two guys are like, "We're gonna get you, Han Solo," and then they don't. It's... Like, it... yeah, and one of them is a racist. It's one. a fun and game scene. <laughs> it, it is there for action and excitement, but for not a lot else. <laughs> I want to say the dudes with the circle faces, a plus. Love those guys. <laughs> I like when we go to hyperspace through that one monster. Yeah, that that rules. No, but one of the things I want to say about the Raptors is that I don't think in any other Star Wars movie we've ever had, like, an alien that doesn't have feet. (laughs) Like... Or a, a monster that mm-hmm. that's, that's that fast. Like, Star Wars monsters are always, like, pretty slow moving. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I think that part of the, like, design aesthetic of Star Wars... Unless they're, like, mounts. Unless they're, like, horse allegories. Right. Yeah, like the lizard guys. Yeah. Or all of the stupid animals and the when they're trying to kill <laughs> Obi Wan and Anakin and Padme. All those stupid. Right. Yeah. But they still have feet. They still got feet and they look like animals that could kind of exist. And also, on Earth. are you calling that little rhino stupid? I am like, calling that little me? rhino stupid. I'm mainly calling the saber tooth tiger stupid because that thing was stupid. Yeah, the tiger is stupid, but the that little rhino is not stupid. <laughs> He's adorable. I love that little rhino. I always call him a little rhino. He's very big. <laughs> I know he's big, but his energy is little. His energy's got little. He's got little energy. He's got little dick energy. 
L-R-E. Like Little Sebastian. And then you've got that stupid, like, green, like, praying mantis the monster mantis that one. literally looks like the evil lady from the third Bionicle movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do about? know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, she looked, they, they're exactly the same. Put them next to each other. I cannot tell a difference, except one of them is like, ah, I'm an evil lady. <laughs> okay. Um, where are we at? Rathars, they fly through a Rathtar. Uh, oh, they go in and the bar. The whole thing. I, 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 the bar's fun. I put my finger on it. What's bad about the prequels? This is the reason the re- the prequels are bad, and there's no other reasons. This is the one. Okay. <laughs> this is the one reason? Yes. Uh, there aren't any good bar guys in the prequels. And yeah, because when they go to the bar to hunt down the thing, the robot that tried to kill Pat, that fucking scene yeah. with the worms. In Attack of the Clones, they go to yeah, a bar. A there are scene. no good guys. There's just people. It's literally right. like just people. Like I can't even think of any aliens exactly. that are in that scene. Like New Hope, However, iconic bar guys. Nothing in Empire Strikes Back really as far as bar guys go. But then Return of the Jedi, you get Jabba's Palace, which has immaculate bar guys. Just wonderful yeah. bar guys. Nothing through the prequels, and then we finally get here, and it's like, oh, here are, are we just some talking good about bar fun guys. guys in bars. Is that literally what you mean? Yes, fun yeah. good because aliens the, in bars. The prequels, because the prequels did give us my favorite bar scene from all of Star Wars, which is, would you like to buy some death sticks? Right. You want you want but to go home? A, and he, you, he's not a good guy, though. <laughs> Like there yeah, is so what about the cool big guy who works design. at the diner and is friends with Obi Wan? See, th- no, that's true. No. That is I don't a good guy. This. No, no. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, Dexter yeah. Jester. Elsie gets it. Fucking. We've already. We've already had this sticks. conversation. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the stupid Dexter Jester that is canonical in Star Wars. I don't want to talk about it again. The 50s themed diner. But there's the good robot with the microphone mouth. There's that weird laughing guy that I really like. There's that dude, that like fuzzy guy with the weird breathing apparatus. Lots of good bar guys. There's the microphone face robot. Lots of good bar guys. I'm sorry, Death Sticks guy will be always, always be the best bar guy Death to me. Stick guy. I mean, I don't. He's not a. He's you not want to an go home alien, and rethink though. your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Yeah. But what if he was like? What that if he good. was like a funny, a funny anteater man? Yeah. Wouldn't that make that ten billion What's times anti-smoking? better? It came with a good message. What if he yeah, had? Tell me how an anteater's gonna smoke a cigarette. What yeah. if he had two butt cheeks on his face <laughs> like Pondabeba? And he and he blew oh. smoke out of them because he's blowing yeah. smoke up That'd your ass. That'd be actually pretty good. See, it'd be better. Well, CGI that ish. CGI that ish. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Dexter Jetster and his robot wife, who's a 50s diner no, waitress. No, she then, no. that's, she then turns no, no, into no, a no, different no, no, ship. No, no. That's not the I Millennium Falcon. I didn't forget Dexter Jetster. I don't want to talk He's about He's good. Dexter. If I could erase, I don't like He's it. He's got a mustache. So we should disagree. <laughs> He's got a mustache. Oh, I changed my mind. I love it now. <laughs> we kind of moved on. Good from... character design. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, like Adeline was saying. Yeah. I, forgot, I forgot how we got here. <laughs> I don't even fucking remember. But we have the where bar scene. We? It's very good. I would argue this is where the movie kind of like, it, it, it slows down a little bit and it's still fun and entertaining, especially that first time that you're watching it because you're like, oh, what's going to happen? But it definitely does slow down quite a bit mm. and it kind of loses me a little bit, but then it, like, it gets me back. It definitely gets me back, especially when we're like fighting yeah. and stuff. So good. Anyway. I think but we kind of moved on I, from I, talking I, about the Death Star 2.0. This time it's even deathier. Where it... <laughs> it's actually it's 3.0. So, it's true. It's so fucking scary. 
it's so effectively scary. Starkiller Base? Yeah. Yeah, it really Because it, it literally fucking obliterates five planets. <laughs> the f- and that's fucking scary. I wish and it The fact that it fires through sun. hyperspace is, like, it's a good crazy. Yeah. I just wish it had an actual effect on anything. Because right. it fucking obliterates five planets. <laughs> And then we just, like, move the yeah. fuck on I propose, until it's like, oh, and I now they're going to blow us that. up, and now we're scared. I it's propose, like, as a matter of perspective, I propose to that, that in the original, all we kind of, when Alderaan got blown up, we know lots about it now from other movies and media. At the time, the only sad thing about that is that's where Leia lived. Well, right, but well, I feel Leia like that's important. Bad, and Obi-Wan but goes, that's at least, they, I just, they felt I just it. heard a bunch of but people you, die. But by, by, by that logic, we also saw the terror on people's faces as we... In this case, we actually saw people seeing it incoming and got that's the emotional fair. impact of seeing the different people on various planets, uh, seeing their death coming at them, and then being wiped out. And then the characters yeah. did react. I think it's I just... Guess- it's a matter of perspective just, of how do you make you how do you make people care about what are basically balls of light in the sky, right? As like a yeah. shorthand. I think. In, sorry, I think, I'm going on a lot. Sorry. Oh, oh, it's okay. I think in a New Hope, it feels a lot like a political move and a, a way to scare Princess Leia and make us feel for her because we know that she is from there, and so obviously there are other all Alderanians. Sure. Alderanos, Alderanos from Alderaan. Like it's probably an important <laughs> planet to to the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. So it feels like there's something there. Whereas it's very sad that five planets explode. That's sad. There are people there, but it's also like it wasn't. The, no one had any personal. They are bad to guys. Them, is what it comes down to. They are bad guys because they killed planets. Yeah. Like it was I just, just want. It could have. They could have like had more birds with their one stone. Mm-hmm. I think if one of them had been a planet we knew, like if one was Tatooine, that would have meant more. <gasps> That'd be pretty wild. <laughs> That's yeah, bold. Right, right there, fucking. Also, take that, rest of Star Wars forever. Yeah, you can't Jesus. start on like, Tatooine um, anymore. But, but where is Rey supposed to bury Luke's uh, lightsaber then, huh? Sweaty. Oh, man, uh, I don't it know. Would, it would be kind of fun if it was Jakku, though. That would be fun. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. An equally sandy planet. Yeah, but it would be because they spend the first half of this movie being like, oh, it's such a shithole over there. I fucking hate Jakku. And then the entire planet gets destroyed and they're like, oh, I shouldn't have shit-talked Jakku so much. I didn't know how good I had it. I just love the moment they're reactive. We don't touch Tatooine, Logan. What the fuck? (laughs) Get your damn hands off her. We like it. (laughs) I love that sandy, sandy planet. Uh, it's terrible, Tashi and everyone station. there is unhappy, and nothing there is good, and it is precious. Tell me where else you can get power converters, all right? Because <laughs> I only know about Tatooine power converters. So here is something that I have a slight issue with in this movie, which I think is kind of nitpicky and kind of granular, but I think just speaks to a larger thing, which is that, like, in this movie it's set up that, like, you know... In the original movies, there was an oppressive fascist fascist government that, like, a scrappy ragtag group of rebels are trying to defeat, right? And in the prequels, it's like, oh, this is, like, the rise of fascism. Yeah. And these sequels, the way they set it up is that it's a resistance. It is, like, the, the First Order is, like, this fascist political movement that's trying to take over. They are not already in power they're like trying to take over 
the regular government that exists, right? And mm-hmm. first of all, if they're not the government, I question how they could build a fucking planet laser, um, if- which is a, you know, fantasy Star Wars thing, granted. But the other thing about that is that if the government of the galaxy... Like, if th- if they blew up five planets, why would, like, the, the intergalactic government not put 100% of their resources towards making sure that doesn't happen again, you know? My understanding what was the fucking of the crazy alt-right theory about the Jewish space laser? <laughs> right, yeah. My, my understanding oh, of no. it was a lot like destroying Alderaan. Um, I think those five planets kind of were the seats of political power Maybe. in the universe. I think it's a matter of that attack was a message, but also them effectively wiping out everything right. that could resist them immediately. That would have been a really good thing to write. That's what they say when it's charging up for again. They're like, it's going to blow up the resistance and all the resistance stuff. And yeah. that's why they yeah. didn't blow it up before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really understand why, why Leia isn't like in charge of a real system instead of like we are fighting back yeah exactly it like plays them as like this scrappy privatized like group of citizens you know and it's like why wouldn't this Mm. be the system like you guys are in charge like why you won last yeah as for how star killer base come into play i think i i think extended lore stuff proposes that it was already kind of being built and it was so far removed from other systems that people just didn't notice it because like by the time of the the, the, the game, of, by the time I was talking about the the game I mentioned earlier, like this is the progress they had already made at that point. I just sent a picture. Um, they were well on their way to making it, oh, and that's gotcha. like a decade before the heck in the sequels. Yeah, I think that's fine. I just don't understand why. <laughs> like, who's in charge of all this then? <laughs> Oh man, Star Wars politics. I love it. I I think there's a a degree of things you just need to accept fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do like that Hux in his speech says, like, we're officially trying to get rid of the Republic. We are changing the way that we are governing the galaxy at this point because they're so upset. I think that's, that's rad. So, and it's usually not something I get into the nitpicks, but upon my. 10th viewing of this movie it, it whittled its way into my right. brain well, and because when, when you know there's an argument to be made that it's like oh you know if you look at like fucking you know 21st century america it's like oh you know these things they're not military battles they're ideological things and they worm their way in and when you're trying to fight fascism you don't do it with the u.s military you do it among people yeah. you know which is like okay but like if if QAnon blew up Los Angeles, it just it wipes it Los Angeles off the face of the map. It would be like this is a military enemy now, you yeah. know? Well, it's yeah. a matter of the Nazis didn't exist until the Nazis existed. It's like, true. They, there was no clear so they weren't putting up signs being like we are about to do Nazis. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. By the time Nazis they announced are themselves about and were to an issue, happen, they everyone. Were. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, these things tend to come in. Things can be very silent politically until they're not. Until right. they're suddenly a massive issue. Which, um, as, as for the fact that this doesn't matter in Star Wars, um, I think there's the fact that we should just trust that things do fall into place for the sake of narrative. But it is fun to talk about this stuff. Is the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, you can talk about it and scrutinize it without also being like, and it doesn't make sense, so I and don't like it. That's why it's bad. <laughs> like you can, you can well, have yeah, fun just having the conversation. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, in Headquarter Production says it's also easy to sympathize with people against fascism. And I'm not arguing that the First Order should be the protagonist. I'm just trying to figure out. <laughs> they're yeah, just trying to do what's best wrong. for the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure yeah, out, like, w- why the rebellion is seen as, like, so, like, at the end of Last Jedi, they're like, there's none of us left. We're almost all dead. Nobody's willing to stand up. And it's like. You guys are the government, I thought. Like, isn't Leia, like, a military (laughs) general? Like, what's going on? I don't think by that point. I think they've lost so much political power that it's basically the people on that cruiser. I guess there's just a lot to make up for yourself. Yeah, they've only had, like, 30, 40 years to (laughs) formulate a government. You know, it's these things take time. When the enemy blows up five planets, though, I think it's a lot of their allies were like, okay, so we've decided to sit this out. Right, Um, yeah, I mean, fair (laughs) enough. We don't don't want to mess with that. And plus, like, Rey, uh, when she and Finn meet Han, Rey knows him as, like, a, a little criminal guy. He doesn't know about his, or she doesn't know about his, involvement in anything so there are parts of the galaxy that don't even really know that they've been liberated quote unquote right yeah. right i thought I she do, did know because she's like you're with the resistance i thought she does know but she i, I yeah <laughs> i don't know but she doesn't do. know about han solo i do like I thinking she about general. i thought I she was like you're han solo yeah she does but she's like han solo the thief or whatever the smuggler well and yeah but that'd be the Finn part goes, that the she smuggler. would analyze more and, but and Finn goes, no, he was literally a general. And she's like, what are you talking about? He was, was you know, he was a little I guess rat, that, I guess that's a question of what news reaches where. Because yeah. remembering that's that fair. not everybody in the universe, you know, has seen the previous films. It's that <laughs> right. conversation about poverty again. And yeah. he gets access to information. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. A lot of people would probably, there's probably a ton of planets that don't really care who's in charge. Right, like, exactly, Especially like yeah. in the outer systems. They I don't. mean, it's probably Jakku. Yeah, that's an <laughs> yeah, idea they, they like to play with in Star care. Wars a lot. Is like, you know, they feel like it's very important, but there's a lot of staff where people are, are like, I don't know. It doesn't feel that different to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think know? that's why our, the stories mm-hmm. follow people that are personally affected by yeah. what's going on. Because, I mean, who knows? I don't actually know what the First Order's day-to-day operations look like. I only know what it's like to be someone that they're shooting at. Right. You know? Yeah. There's a really good, yeah. you they're guys like, might have seen kids. it. There's a really good Lindsay Ellis video where she dissects, like, what really is, like, the political ideology of the First Order? Yeah. Like, I've seen that. It's a really good video. Lindsay Ellis is my kid. Yeah. She's I so good. Her. And as if to just sort of ask, like, how weird is it that we put stormtroopers on kids' clothing? <laughs> you know? like Yeah, like, yeah. Nazis on kids' clothing. Yeah, and so, and she basically says, like, it's just kind of unclear. It's just sort of, like, general fascist. They don't seem to have a specific yeah. agenda outside of... Yeah, light, good, with dark, iron bad. Fist, you know? It is so funny, though, just the yeah, They're not like Death we... Eaters, where they're like, we gotta get the Muggleborns out of here. They're not like, we gotta get all the aliens out of right, here. They're yeah. just like, we, we're fascists. There's and a, we want control. There's an interesting generational gap between... I mean, it's not so big anymore, but between people who stormtroopers would mean a very different thing compared to the next, where stormtroopers are those, <laughs> those guys from Star Wars. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Words are fun. Stuff. I see George. Can't talk about Star Wars without talking about fashion. No, yeah, of course. This is part of it. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't want you to think that you have to, like, tiptoe around anything that might be a little bit political. Oh, no, no, Because no, 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 no. we tend to just say it. I don't know. Uh, I just didn't. The thing is, um, 
I personally find the earlier QAnon thing, the reason I was tiptoeing around, is because I find uh, the state of the world to be unsettling, and I hate it. <laughs> okay. And I didn't want to bring the like mood of the podcast right. down. Um, <laughs> like, it's a little bit of I'm a I'm going to say right now, I literally not have a fan of somebody Matthews. down my street. I'm in Canada. I have, I have someone down my street who, when <gasps> I walk to shoppers every day, I pass a sign that says the Great Awakening is coming in someone's window. Logan, wait a second. Wait a second. You've been Canadian this whole time? I've been time? Canadian this whole time, eh? Oh my god! And I never Why even you told you about it. I am, I too am a Canadian. What? I literally was, I mean half. I'm half Canadian. I see. I was wearing, I was wearing my Canadian. roots flannel today. Today I was. Hello. I'm so upset. I'm a, I'm a, I'm but a, I'm not I'm talking a, about Canada this whole time. It's sort of fascism. I'm a, I'm a I mean, we're way fascist up here. Uh, I am a Wait. decoy Canadian <laughs> because my voice acting exploits have forced me to live in standard American. So people find it out, and I'm like, mm-hmm. It's so not interesting. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, bud. I guess I should have been talking like this the whole time, eh? Wow. Uh, this is a great day for me. What a good day today has been. So the conversation we were having on fascism. I mean, I don't know if I have much else to say. I feel like I've exhausted like my notes on this movie besides that like the lightsaber fight at the end is so fucking sick. And so like the way good. they use the like practical lights that reflect on their faces is fucking gorgeous. So fucking the the fucking blue and the red. Yeah. And the, sometimes like kind of oh, so good. It's good. It's good stuff. And the snow and the blood in the snow. The blood in the snow. It's fucking good. I really do like that. I do like at the end where it's like we kind of have like a timeline of like we have to do this. But I like that the like time constraint is literally the sun going out. I think that's fun. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. And because like we have till sundown, because at sundown that sun is not going to exist anymore. <laughs> right. It's like oh, that's fun. And I think that um, the I, I remember when I was I almost said when I was a kid when I first saw this I was I was very convinced that Kylo Ren was a double agent because like the way that he talked to Han Solo I was very sure that there was like a subtext there that was like him saying like you know like Han knows that he's a double agent and he's saying like. I have to kill you, and I don't know if I have the strength to do that. And Han's like, it's okay, I accept that that's what has to happen for you to recover to not be blown or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what I thought for a really long time. But now, when I listen to that dialogue, I just, I, it feels so obvious to me that it's like, yeah, the, they're talking about different things, is the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The code was that they're not on the same page. Exactly, yeah. It's the world's worst I thought it was. I thought it was a conspiracy, what? but it's just like Han Solo's trying to get him to turn back to the good side, and he's just talking about how he knows that he's about to kill his dad, and he's, ups yeah. you know, pretty upset about yeah. it. But I do think, like, the whole point is, you know, that Han has faith in Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I never thought that it was like, ooh, he's going to get him. Double the agent yeah. style. It was just that, like, there's everlasting uh, unconditional love for your <laughs> right. child. No, I mean, I just think that's a factor of me being an 18-year-old who's like, oh, wait. Oh, and, yeah. like, just not understanding. Yeah. I got you pegged, movie. I know what's going on. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, 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 no. What's oh, happening? No. I... I could tell that Han Solo was gonna die. It was really predictable. <laughs> yeah, he saw it coming. Yeah, and it, it's just I saw everything coming in that movie. Can we talk about Traitor? how sad Chewbacca is in that scene? Though? Chewbacca it's gets really real upsetting. sad. 
Yeah, fair enough. Because you know that Chewbacca and Ben Solo also grew up together. And then oh, that's Chewbacca true. Just shoots him. I guess we it's never really talk sad. about the relationship that yeah. Kylo Ren and Chewbacca must have. I wonder what that's like. That's that's the biggest problem with this trilogy. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm staking my claim on this hill right now that the mistreatment of Chewbacca in this trilogy. <laughs> they don't use him. They keep they sideline him. Chewbacca, they give him a medal, which is stupid. He doesn't need that. What he needs is someone to console him because three of his closest friends for 40 years die. He needs therapy. All within a few years of each other. Who who knows how long the lifespan of a Wookiee really is. The last shot of the last movie is him in a very New York apartment with a half-empty bottle of whiskey in his hand, leaned over on a couch, his hand in his face. Just... Wow. Who can do a Chewbacca impression? Because it's not Let's me. Let's not do it. Let's not play this game. <laughs> oh, come on. Can you do the R2-D2 scream? <laughs> okay, sure. Here we go. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's no, what it sounds that, like, right? That ain't it, Chief. That was perfect. Oh, he did it. There was no oh, God, no! <laughs> Is that the one? <laughs> That's exactly what R2-D2 sounds like. I feel like, Jackson, you could probably do a good c <laughs> no, I can't. I've proven time and again that I can't fucking do a C three PO. No, Jackson. I on. did a bad C three PO on this episode already. You fuckheads. No, come okay, on. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Hey, Jackson. Is that a Jackson? Is that a new arm that you have? Wait, what? No, I'm supposed to. You're not supposed to ask about the arm. <laughs> I'm supposed to bring up Jackson, the arm. Jackson, can you fucking yes and me? You're just doing it wrong. Okay. Oh, I do. I do love this arm. I'm, my old arm was so horrible. This one's I'll much. I'll shine your shoes for a penny or two. Jackson, can you stop playing sound clips and do the damn impression? Yeah, okay, I'm already? sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Let me try on, again. Yeah. Hey, what's right. up? I got a fucking arm over here. <laughs> Jackson, stop playing the movie. <laughs> that was good. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for yes anding. Yeah, God. Uh, <laughs> I do have roommates. Maybe I shouldn't scream, oh, God, no, like that. I don't know if they're listening right now. We live different uh, Jackson, lives. You, uh, what, what would C-3PO sound like if he screamed fire really loud? <laughs> We're having a fire <laughs> sale. I've always thought it was funny that R.E.M. put out a very singable song where they just yelled fire in the middle of it like really loudly like that just seems irresponsible to me this <laughs> seems like a like, bad idea karaoke come on <laughs> to, to, we didn't think this through. we could have done better we should have done better Alrighty, guys so i've got um i've got some really bad news about the uh edition of uh star wars the force awakens that i watched today because what happened is that we got to the part where Kylo Ren and, and uh, Han Solo are on the bridge, and fucking he he kills him, and he and you watch the body fall, and it just keeps falling and falling forever, and then the screen goes red, and it just and it flashes, and it keeps and saying you're gonna die, and then it said my name, and then I woke up and I wasn't actually watching the video, even though I thought I was, and then I went to the kitchen. And Han Solo was in the in my backyard. Anyway, this is Creepy Pasta Book Club. <laughs> okay. Welcome everyone. This is a very started doing on the podcast where Adeline just makes me read creepy pastas. <laughs> it's really good and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want do you want me to read the creepy pasta Adeline or do we want to make Logan read one if you would like Logan? 
Uh, uh, you guys actually... can decide who gets to read the creepypasta. I actually might have to take off. Um, oh, okay, I'm fine. Gonna, I'm going <laughs> to stick to the end, but I have, a, I, I have a thing that I had to get to. I wasn't sure how long we were going to ride. Yeah, that's okay. You can bounce before the creepypasta. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Okay, I'm sorry, because that actually sounds really fun. <laughs> you can listen yeah, later. Yeah, fuck off, Jackson. Okay, do I your... Didn't, I, didn't know what our, I didn't know what our timeline looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's I'm okay. Really I said one to two hours. We've been going for a little more than two hours. That's my bad. Do you want to plug yourself again There's before you leave? about Star Wars. And they'll uh, edit it into the end. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, once again, I'm I'm Logan Laidlaw. I, uh, I'm the Azure Crow on Twitter. I, do, I run the Project Mouthwash and Nat19 channels on YouTube. I run the Nat19 Twitch, that's Nat19 official. I do a weekly uh, D&D show that is going very, very strong recently. Like, I'm very grateful for how many people are showing up for it. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I, I'm an actor. I don't have any, I actually can't say the things I'm really excited about right now. Secrets. Which I'm, yeah, I'm, but I'm you can guess in the comments. I'm under some really heavy NDAs, but there's some stuff I really want to talk about. Logan, I've always that, I've always had yeah. a saying, which uh, let's is... Let's just say... Secret secrets hurt let's someone. Let's just say it rhymes with... Never mind, whatever. I was going to say... I was going to say... We can't say what it is, but it rhymes with... Uh, the scare bear. Oh, <laughs> the scare chair. I, Ever heard of Scare Bear reboot? Yeah, get excited. <laughs> that's, that's get excited. Uh, of a very popular 90s. Yeah, you can find me in those places program. and also in the surprisingly unmentioned uh, Find Us Alive yes. uh, SCP podcast in which I play Harley. Rarely mentioned. Harley I've run it up a I couple of times. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Logan. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you. We'll see you later. It was very fun. We'll see you guys. I'm Have fun talking about creepy balls. Jealous of your escape. Yeah. <laughs> Bye bear. <laughs> Bye. Okay, are you gonna send me a creepy pasta, Adeline? I already did. It's you oh, okay. got it. One moment. I have to. Uh, the audio gets a little bit choppy when I do anything more than just the bare minimum. So give me just a second. The audio might get a little clicky, a little crackly. Also, headquarter productions. Uh, I did bring Han Solo inside, and I did give him some chalky milk, and then he went his way home, just so, just oh, so you know. Chalky milk sounds good right about now. Dude, Jackson, I've been having a real craving for strawberry milk, and I know you're gonna call me a psychopath oh. when I say that, but, like, that would just go down so smooth. Strawberry milk blows. I feel like strawberry milk is good for two sips. Strawberry milk can... No, it's like, so fucking Strawberry good. milk can Chet, S my D. Strawberry milk is so good, please. If I... Jackson and I in high school, we... <laughs> Would like <laughs> we would have cast parties for our, the plays that we did, and are you guys fucking would, like, theater kids? We but we would like buy gallons of chocolate we milk would. and not share with anyone. <laughs> it was good. We'd be like, no, we bought this for ourselves. <laughs> These this this is not my for you. My Facebook. We were like, <laughs> my Facebook profile picture for a long time was just a, a picture of the two of us, each with our own gallon of chocolate milk, just like chugging. <laughs> We're wearing matching sweaters <laughs> right, from yeah. the show. It's so We're stupid. wearing like so stage good. makeup. God, wow. Oh god. We gotta yeah, put that on a, the Twitter. <laughs> it's a really good. Maybe I'll find it. I might. I think I have it. I mean, it's on, on my, my Facebook phone. still. That'll be. That's true, but I it's it's a it's one of my favorite picks. So I have it saved on saved on my phone in case <clears throat> you know the world ends. Or okay, something. Adeline, what's the name of this creepy pasta? Uh, it's called Printer. Printer. Okay. 
three. It's right at the top there. Yeah, I had to copy and paste it into my Word document. <clears throat> three twenty in the morning, the cold, pasty light of the computer monitor was splashed against the cheaply wallpapered walls of my dorm room, casting thick shadows that clawed at the corners of my eyes. The fingers gently ran. <laughs> the fingers gently ran across the keyboard in front of me. The biology paper was due for tomorrow, and I had foolishly decided to leave it until now. Desperate to finish, but equally desperate not to you wake fool. up my roommate, who was annoyed at me all enough already. End of sentence. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> <laughs> I pressed on with the paper, eyes straining against the harsh text on the screen. I was slipping. Oh, what? Don't fucking ask. <laughs> I was slipping. Name a city. <laughs> I would. <clears throat> I was slipping into drowsiness when a clicking echoed through the room, jolting me awake like a gunshot. I turned around. I saw my printer was a printing clicking. something out. Whatever. I'm... A click, a clicking gunshot. <laughs> like, very quiet, in succession. You know how guns do? <laughs> like, but, like, uh, it, it was the pr- it's a printer. <laughs> I turned around, and I saw my printer was printing something out. Figuring I pressed print by accident, I stretched over to the printer to hit cancel, but my shaky hand resisted when I saw what was being printed out. It was just some kind of test page. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? That's all. I just think that's really funny. (laughs) My shaky hand hesitated when I saw what was being printed out. It was just some kind of test page. You know the thing where it's like a bird yeah. and like some colored squares? Colored charts, grayscale sections. Oh my gosh, that's funny. At the bottom, a short line of text read, The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, followed by, <laughs> The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, in all caps. I breathed heavily. On the one hand, it was simply a test page. What could possibly be on the other hand? But on the other... Yeah, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> but on the other, it was a waste of valuable ink and paper. I placed it down again <laughs> and tried to press on with the essay. So far, this creepypasta is, my printer printed out the normal test page, which happens with printers sometimes. This is like yeah, true horror story, though. This is real life horror, like especially if you're on a university campus and you're paying for that ink. <laughs> you pay 50 like, cents page a page. 10 cents or whatever. <sighs> yep. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> okay. Mm. I placed it down again and tried to press on with my essay. Fifteen minutes passed until the same clicking sound once again emanated from the printer. What was the clicking sound? Oh, it was the sound of printing. <laughs> that's not. That's an editorialization on my end. <clears throat> yeah, no, I got it. I got you, Jackson. Uh, you didn't talk about how thick and jittery and um, other adjectives okay. it was. I swore and washed with dismay as it printed out another sheet. Figuring someone... That's another fucking ten cents. I'm not going to be able to get chocolate milk with my lunch tomorrow. Stop my chalky milk money. (laughs) Figuring someone was sending me test sheets over the network as a prank. Good prank, by the way. Yeah, really solid. I pulled out the network cable and inspected the sheet. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Which is, again, something that's on real uh, printer test sheets. Not at all scary so far. (laughs) Oh, but Jackson, what if it was? <laughs> in rage, I screwed it up and threw it into the bin. This is an English person I'm just now realizing, so maybe I should adjust. <clears throat> in rage, I screwed it up and threw it into the bin. After stopping for a break to calm down, I flushed rage from my body and sat down once again to work. 
the I took a big shit <laughs> and I felt a little bit better. <laughs> the printer word as soon as I started typing. I flung my keyboard to the ground and swung a punch at the printer. <laughs> Jesus, man. Okay. <laughs> Denting the front of it. We are the quick brown fox. Quick brown oh, fox. No. Confusion replaced my anger when I looked at the third sheet of paper. This wasn't a test sheet. This wasn't some kind of prank over the network. Perhaps I had a virus, or someone had hacked my computer to print these things? Question mark? That seemed like the logical explanation. At least until the next test sheet printed. www.quickbrownfox.com no. www.quickbrownfox.com <laughs> were the only legible words on the sheet. The rest was garbage. Just random patterns of letters. Just real trash. A real shitty <gasps> test sheet. <laughs> Quickbrownfox.com doesn't even exist oh, no. as a URL. Well, the I is we a seven. The I is a seven. It's like kind of elite speech. Oh, Maybe okay. That's something. Kate, I'm going to try Keisha, it. you're going to get a virus. Yeah, try it. No, I'm trying a, it. You're gonna no, get a ghost virus. It's still, still nothing. nothing. Okay. Um, Damn it. I have a I have an anecdote personally about that. Can we buy quickbrownfox.com? Yeah, man. I, it seems to be available. I just got my my Stimmy check from last year. I'm flush with cash right now. I could maybe buy quickbrownfox.com. <laughs> I'm about to act up. <laughs> Redirect it to our website. Might as well. Uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, quickbrownfox.com were the only legible words on the sheet. The rest was garbage, just random patterns I of letters. I think .com is maybe the least scary <laughs> anything yeah. ever. Phonetically, it's a very pleasing <laughs> set of sounds. Dot com, dot com. Like, God. Testosterone coursed through my veins, and I tore the printer what? away from the wall and flung it across the room. I started having sex with the printer. <laughs> it wasn't printing no. anything else anymore. <laughs> when my fit of rage was over, I ran my hands over the patterned printer sensually yeah jesus christ man. <laughs> the casing was battered and the screen cracked but it looked otherwise intact bars it was pretty hot <laughs> i went back to the computer and out of curiosity typed in the address to my web browser forgetting all about oh, the he's... pending biology paper the website i got oh, it's was a poorly formatted thing that belonged in 2003 not 2013 that's really funny <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're so 2008 this so is so 2000 and late uh it was cluttered with crap semicolon more random letters and numbers a lot of this person's really judgmental of like the state of websites and stuff i know more interesting to me especially because the creepypasta like forum <laughs> website is maybe one of the worst setup websites right. more interesting to me was one paragraph clumped in the middle of the page it read and so shall the armies of Satan emerge from the pit and devour the earth and make war upon unto God. Let us be joyful, for the reign of the tyrants is at an end. When the blood of the one man shall not tell. When the blood of the one man shall not tell. We are the quick brown fox. <laughs> to me, it seemed like some kind of religious okay. fanatic bullshit. I didn't care how they got in my printer anymore. I was bored. My hand moved from my mouse to exit the page when I spotted a video. I played it just to see what it was like. Just to see how it felt, you know? <laughs> but it's just to see what it might be like to watch a video. <laughs> this was a mistake. 
<laughs> I should not have done that. <laughs> it was shaky camera footage of a roadside in the late afternoon. The cameraman wasn't visible, obviously, because he was the cameraman. But I could see the court. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was me saying that. Fucking excuse me. <laughs> Uh, okay, wait, hold on. Uh, the cameraman wasn't visible, but I could see the corner of his car. He walks over to a bundle of something by the side of the road. As it gets closer, I see it's a dead fox, probably hit by a car. The man's hand extends. Wasn't that quick of a fox. <laughs> oh, a pretty slow fox if you ask me, zing. <laughs> <laughs> Not quick enough. Uh, the man's hand extends, and he gently strokes the fox's face before whispering, when the blood of the one man shall not tell. There is a clinking elsewhere in the dorm room, possibly the kitchen. I cursed myself for waking my roommate. I walk into the kitchen to apologize for the disturbance, and my heart drops through my feet. It's not the expression, but whatever. <clears throat> on the sparkling tiles... Very clean bathroom, apparently. Yeah, this college student. On the sparkling tiles is the fox from the video, stretched out crucifixion style in front of me. A printed page in oh. front of the fox, soaked in its congealed blood, reads, The blood of the one man shall not tell. I look up at the kitchen and I see scrawled in the fox's blood, We are the quick brown fox. And that's the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was really hoping Bye. the blood on the wall would say quickbrownfox.com. <laughs> it's just like godaddy.com. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Oh, so what'd well, you guys think? I'm sufficiently spooked. What if? Yeah. It's real this spooky. Is... I'll never go to anything.com ever again. So many of these creepypastas don't have anything bad happen to the protagonist. Uh, no, so what is, does he just like clean it up? Is that the yeah, next like, two hours of Yeah, he cleans it up and he's like, that was to... weird. If something too bad happens to the protagonist, then they'll die. I guess. You know? The story so. will be over. I mean, the first one, that Even guy did kill already himself. Over. Mm, but Jackson, how would he post it on creepypasta.com? That's true, if he didn't... They just gotta do that, my friend of a friend yeah, of a friend of a friend. Oh, Dakeisha, you have no idea how many happened. of these stories start off with, this story know, didn't really know, happen to me, but it happened to my like, cousin's It happened dog. to my cousin's best friend's sister. <laughs> so I've That got- happened to me in real life, where my friend was like, this happened to my sister's co-worker's cousin, and I was like, why are you telling me this story? <laughs> yeah, because that's why what are you all telling those me stories are like, Keisha. That's what no, they're all No, it like. happened in real life. It was like just an office mishap. I was like, cool. <laughs> you don't have any of your own office mishaps that you can tell me you have to tell me about your sisters friends co-workers cousin uh okay are we at the end of star wars talk do we have any final moments i think we talked a lot about any star any wars. last words <laughs> yeah i like the characters characters are good i just love kylo mm-hmm. ren i think kylo ren's so fucking good yes he's a really interesting concept for a character um and we're ig- we're ignoring rise of skywalker <laughs> Well, I don't know. That's the problem, is that I like this movie, but I don't think it is actually possible to ignore Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I like this movie, and I like up. how it leads into Last Jedi, and I hate how Rise of Skywalker throws away everything. Yeah, it's the same fucking movie, though. Come on. That's The, the movie mean? didn't change. When Rise of Skywalker. Oh, the came movie didn't change, but it, it changes how we know that these characters. The end movie up. didn't change, but it is this movie is a lot of like setting up 
to pay off in the end, which is, like, what a trilogy is supposed to do, more Jackson, or less. Jackson, at the end of the summer, the world hadn't changed. I had. <laughs> I guess. I like this movie. It's still good. I think it's lame. I think this movie's just Even- as good as the day it was born. I think it's a very good I movie. yeah, I think that this is more about me and my journey. I don't care about you. Fuck you. About this movie. <laughs> All right. Well, why do you ask me for my opinion? Jackson, then? fuck you and your screwdriver or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, there you I go. don't like screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm riffing with you, if but you I want <laughs> you to be able to state your opinion. No. I'm still I I I I loved this movie. I was scared to watch it again, and it's still good. I'm I want to I want to love it the way I loved it before. I think I'll get there someday. But it is it's been I haven't watched any of the new like the sequels since Rise of Skywalker came out. Right. So it was nice to come back nice to, to it. Nice to take another gander. Take another, I just want to take another look at you. Yeah. That's what Keisha said to the Force Awakens. Um, yeah, and now I'm I I ran my finger over my nose. Good. Good stuff. Adeline, that's a joke from Just A Star so Is Born. Know. Okay. A Star Wars. Oh. I thought that was from Casablanca. What? No. Oh, I guess that's no. here's to no, looking no. at you. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, I just wasn't doing a good enough Bradley Cooper. Let me take another swing at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just want to take another look at you. Jackson, hey, stop playing great. C-3PO's lines <laughs> from the movie. God. That's what he sounds like in that movie. Anyway. Um, so do you guys want to hear a one-star review of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens? I kind of don't, but we. I will. I do. I want to so, know. This is from oh, yeah. letterbox.com, and this person says, If you were born after 1980, you obviously will find this the greatest Star Wars film of all. The rest of us, no mm-hmm. otherwise. The ones that can remember exactly what it felt mm-hmm. like to see 1977 Star Wars for the first time, or the second, mm-hmm. etc., that were there in 1977. Etc. Here's where things get wild. J.J. Abrams is a true ageist. While he is politically correct <laughs> in making sure diversity is in his casting, the characters are not characters. He shows a very appalling bias to any of the actors over his age group. I don't think he even realizes or has seen even one episode of Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers or has even seen The Searchers. Harrison Ford is the only real reason to endure this. Mark Hamill is in a silent 30 seconds? Carrie Fisher did what she could, but Leia makes some bad choices. Someone tell Daisy what's-her-name, gritting your teeth and bugging your eyes is not (laughs) acting. Only likable new character was BB-8. Aw, I do love BB-8. I do love BB-8. Well, that was a fun little romp about. You're not allowed to have opinions about Star Wars if you haven't seen Flash you Gordon. Seen Buck I, just, I mean, like, they were—they're right. This is my favorite Star Wars movie, and I've never seen any other Star yeah, Wars. Obviously, film. yeah. And I, <laughs> and I, I experienced yeah. <laughs> the true highs and lows. I just love the allegation of ageism, like. Yeah. That is such a yeah. that is such a wild thing to say. Before 1980. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's so many movies with like no people over the age of 40 with them, and this movie that has like a bunch older people very much being main yeah. characters. Like this is the it's opposite like, of ages. Yeah. Of Carrie Fisher, the an point- older woman, gets to be a main character. You know who are the real oppressed yeah, like minority? A huge backbone of this movie. The real oppressed <laughs> the minority huge, are actors backbone. who were in blockbuster movies in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this movie is so intergenerational. There are very few intergenerational <laughs> blockbusters out there, and it's literally built on being intergenerational. Very interesting. And it says the epic Good highs take. and lows of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers in the Twitch chat, <laughs> which is funny. Thank you, Anna. Um, okay, cool. So anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline Skywalker. My name is Keisha, just Keisha. And if you would like, you <laughs> can join our Discord. Our server is in the link. And I think it's in the yeah, description. Yeah, link in the description the for the Discord the server. That's what I tried Discord to say. server, which is very the good. Is a in, lot of people in the chat are in the Discord server. But if you're not in there, hop on in because we're talking about stuff like all the time. Most, is you know, mostly it's yeah. tenant. But, you know. It's not sometimes always Sometimes it's tenet. other things. It's not, it's not usually <laughs> tenant. I'm making a bit. But we, we've got like a bunch of like... We, love we got tenet. stuff going on in there. It's a cool, good server, and I, I would love if you would join. You guys in the Twitch chat, 99 Concerned Swords, Crimson Dragon 206, we'd love to have you, if you care. Whoa, um, we had people yeah, in Twitch? On, yeah, we got Twitch. a couple of people in Twitch. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at NoNerdsPod. I started noodling around on yeah. there and i think i have some pretty good ideas <laughs> got some good gems that you should i would love if you would weigh in on my thoughts on my little pony trilogy of the <laughs> fact that rainbow dash is uh the worst yeah. one <laughs> you can also follow jackson at oh my gosh i almost said hollow horse you can follow jackson at jepper pack and you can follow adeline at hollow back horse and the, yeah thank you for listening Tell us what movies you'd like to talk about. Uh, leave a comment and a like and a subscribe. The end. <laughs> Great. Um, I don't know how to be a YouTuber. And, hey, a lot of you guys are are some of our. We've the gang's all here in this chat right now. Maybe yeah, no, it's maybe awesome. I'll just float this idea. We've been kicking around the idea of starting a Patreon. Um, what I would think we would want to do is have just like one level. It's like five bucks a month. That would be like probably commentary tracks that we would do, um, and yeah. I guess I'll just float this right now. Would anybody care? Because if the answer is no, that's fine. And we won't. Yeah, do we it. can yeah. put it off until later. <laughs> um, but like, would you pay five bucks a month to listen to us do do commentary tracks? Because that's what we're to thinking just, about. Just listen to us like shoot the shit and watch a movie together um, and just have a good. My time. pitch. Listen, I've been present when we watch movies together. We have a lot that's of funny true. things to say. We do a lot of bits. I feel like we do, sometimes when we're having a conversation about a movie, we don't do a lot of bits on this show. Right. But when we're just like watching yeah. a movie, we do a lot, lot more of bits, bits. And it's very funny. Um, yeah, let us know if you want a Fievel Goes West. <laughs> oh my commentary. fucking god. Hell yes. Um, but yeah, and I think one of the one of the incentives I might like to have for the Patreon would be that you could um what I want it to be is I, I think it's fun to have it be democratic, right? Like, the movies we watch mm-hmm. are totally out of our hands. If 
if you guys in the Discord, whatever, I don't know necessarily how I would set this up. Maybe there would be a different Discord server. I'm not sure. But I would want you guys to pick out the movies we would watch. And it, we would be at your beck and call to watch a movie and hang out with you guys. And yeah, maybe live watches is the idea. You know, something like that. Um, Are live watches legal? I'm not sure. It's a thing people do. I'd have to look into it. Um, the... um. What else was I going to say about Patreon? Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think I want different tiers because I don't think we're really equipped to, to put out more than a couple things a month, you know, at this point. Um, and we would want it to be cheap. We don't want to charge people like 20 bucks a month or whatever. But, um, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what a tier above $5 would be. Like, I don't know. If, even if we had a $20 t-shirt, I feel like that would have to come with like a t-shirt. That's well, the yeah. only way I could like Maybe Maybe we that. have like a $20 tier and we give you a kiss. Maybe we could do that. We give you a little smooch on the cheek. No. After COVID. I will not participate. Oh, come on. I do not want to kill someone with my COVID. You don't germs. want to give them well, our listeners you have a kiss? To, after we I'll get vaccinated, piece, you, has, you have to tell us that you're also vaccinated. Then we give you a little smooch on the cheek. No, a kiss on the lips. No, Jackson. Jackson. Just on the cheek. We're going to kill people. We're wholesome. <laughs> Nobody wants your spit. I want in it to be mouth. a sensual kiss. <laughs> Jackson, you live in the same house as your girlfriend. <laughs> Why? What does that have to do with it? You can sensually kiss her. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up about... Uh, kisses? <laughs> about kisses. No, about the Patreon. Uh, there was one other thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if, if there is support for that. And I mean, honestly, even if it's only a few people subscribing, like 15 bucks a month off this podcast is a lot more than we've been making previously, so I don't know. As I said, do we make, like, 10 cents a day off of, like... Yeah, I mean, the YouTube videos, we make, like, $3 a month. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck so, it. Dude, you could get some chalky milk yeah, with you, that. Yeah, we can get a chalky milk fund. Um, <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's, that's the $20, yeah, like, tier, and we send you some chalky milk. Um, so, yeah, yeah, my idea would be, like, you get to pick what movie we watch. If you get on there and we're like, oh, hey, no nerds allowed, I would really love for you guys to watch uh, Toy Story 2. We'll do it. And then if you're like, hey, I'd love for you to watch Sallow, colon, 120 Days of uh, Poop Torture. What's that movie called? Uh, <laughs> I don't The really know, fucked dog. up one. Uh, with, yeah, 107 Days with Later. The poop. 127 Days No, it's days not that later. one. It's like a foreign art movie. 124 it, Days it's Later. It's just a movie about people getting tortured for like 120 <laughs> days and it's like three hours long and it's like very famous. It's like a fucked up movie and there's a lot of poop in it. And if you want us to watch that, we'll do it. We'll do a live commentary no. track of 120 Days of Poop Torture or whatever that movie's called. Uh, Jackson. That's what I want for this. Not that specifically, but I okay. want it to be whatever well, the listeners I do one thing is nice about that. Is that if you're like, I want to watch, I want us to watch Ponyo. Be like, great. We'd be like, oh, we've already done Ponyo. But it's like, yeah, but we'll probably say something different this Exactly, time, yeah. You know? We could do reading. Or even, you know what would be funny? I think even if we've done commentaries before, you can make us watch movies multiple times. I think that would be fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it were just, like, a bit that we have to watch fucking, I don't know. I can't say a movie Ponyo. because that's going to become the bit instantly and I don't want to doom it, but... If the listeners just, just want to like keep going back in for Spirited Away, maybe that's the bit. Uh, okay. Yes, Cadence looks sad. Maybe it's because I'm talking about poop torture too much. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, no, that'll do it. How we're done, right? Yes? Yeah. Some interest yeah. in Patreon. 
They, little interest in poop torture. Our guest left hours ago. Wait, Ian brought up something very important. <laughs> we have to do the bionicle yeah, movies. Maybe. maybe that just goes on the main feed, though. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's 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 premium content. That comes not nah, the opposite <laughs> premium content. That's Everybody gets yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I will email that to you. <laughs> that's a public service. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you guys so much. We've got good viewership today, and I really appreciate it. I'm just shout out everybody. Headquarter Productions, Alcee, 